What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 5 of Talking Some Sentence. Alex will be joining us later, but today I am proud to um, to, uh, say that I have a very special guest on this this week's episode, and uh, I've become, I've talked to him a little bit throughout the past little bit, and um, he's a really good guy. He he works for SenseShot, and his name is Joshua. Would you like to introduce yourself? Well, let me start off by um, saying that you flatter me way too much and the praise of awesome dude and awesome guy is totally appreciated um, and very much reciprocated. So thank you very much for the, uh, for the, uh, for the very kind words. Uh, thanks for, again for having me on. I can't, uh, I, I can't say that, uh, that uh, I don't love the Senators and it's, it's a passion of mine and, and this team, as much as they drive me insane, um, the more the more they drive me insane, the more I love them, which oh, is yeah. uh, which is what has led to uh, to um, let's say uh, many uh, many a screaming nights watching the te- and, and and just kind of <laughs> throw, throwing stuff at the television. But uh, that's that's a that's a situation for another day. So uh, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, I do a lot of work with Sendshot, uh, the uh, blog dedicated to the Ottawa Senators from the parent company Fansided. Uh, those guys are great over there. I encourage you to. Go out there and read that, and uh, and yeah, it's it's uh, pretty much that's pretty much it. Other than that, I'm a I'm a hockey guy, love hockey. Uh, I I work in hockey a lot. I do a lot of work here in Montreal with uh, with junior teams and scouting and stuff like that. So uh, I do a lot of uh, everything is pretty much about hockey. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thanks again for having me on. Thanks a lot, Josh. And um, before we get into our next uh, segment, before we start things off, I'm going to. Uh, Plug his Twitter. It is at Joshua Delorme ninety five. So at G G O S U H A. Yep. D E L O R M E ninety five. I struggled there. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to say it in like an English English tone, but it's a French name and it's I'm a French, French so like <laughs> Yeah. I kinda struggled there. Yeah. So yep, um we're gonna get right into Sen's update. Hey guys, this is um, sense, sense up, your sense update from Talking Some Sense with uh, Josh, me, Jake, and um, Alex will be joining us now, and um, the co-host, as you know. And uh, as I mentioned later on in the podcast, our recording is going to be a little mumbo-jumbled for us, but it's not going to be any different for you guys because of technical difficulties. We're recording different segments at different times. So, um, yeah. Anyways, so um, to start off, me and Josh know about this, but Alex, you might not. I just got the notification about this literally 10 seconds ago. Some breaking news so, here on uh, the podcast. Oh, let's oh, hear yeah. it. Ottawa's Brady Kachuk has been fined $2,486.56. The maximum allowed under the allowable under the CBA for cross-checking Philadelphia Scott Lawton. Okay, yeah, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I can I can't really argue with with that. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't expecting I wasn't really expecting the suspension, but I knew the league wouldn't no, no. let it really go. Oh no, thinking, yeah, so. it was it was, it was a it was a prick move on his uh, on his stand, but like, it's it's it doesn't surprise me. And like, I'm watching it here right now, and just dick move, really. But like, it's it's his game. He he shouldn't have gone down on the ice and then started fighting him while he's on the ice. But like the hit, I don't like the hit was just honestly the hit was a penalty. What Ernament uh, just uh, the fine in my my opinion was he went down on him afterwards and started punching him. 
Yeah, Brady Kachuk is going to be getting a lot of fine start in his NHL career. And that, that is, is fair more to say. than okay with every Senators fan, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. I feel it's like, I feel like I, well, I mean, I feel like they need someone on the team to be able to do that. Not to get fined, yeah. but kind of, kind of stand yeah, up for the team. Someone who plays with an edge. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, like, honestly, the, the best way to describe this is both Keith and Matthew Kachuk, all, they all warned us that he was the meanest Kachuk to ever play. He's proving it right now. Yeah, yeah, and he, I think he's also. I think he's gonna turn out to be the most skilled one out of the three. Too. Yeah, I think he's gonna be the best out of all three of them. Yeah, 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 and that says a lot because I fucking love Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> oh yeah, he's one of my favorite players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine if we could have him too. Oh man. Oh yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> but that game today was a mess. It was. We'll talk about it later, but honestly, it was a massive game. I uh, next. I didn't watch too much of it, so. No, yeah, it's fair enough. Next thing I'm gonna talk about, and before I talk about it, I'm just gonna keep it. Stri- I'm just gonna keep it. Uh, keep this part short because it's their allegations, and we don't want to comment too much for legal purposes and uh, morality purposes. I'm just gonna say that uh, there was um, allegations to Nikita Zaitsev where he uh, quote unquote uh, kidnapped his. Um, or allegedly, he kidnapped his ex-wife's children and i'm not gonna elaborate too much on if and why or but or whatever happened i'm just gonna say that he's been accused of doing so and the, there is a video uh that there that is being used as evidence or whatever showing this but all the video really shows is from what i can tell it's the video just there's nikita himself is in the video it's his dad who's in the video that's what i'm gonna say to it i'm, I'm gonna try to um I'm going to ask you guys not to comment too, too much on it, just just to respect privacy and uh, keep it okay PG-wise. But what are your quick thoughts on it? Josh, I'll let you go first on this one. <laughs> yeah. just, just try to keep it, just try to keep it like, um, morale. Yeah, okay. no, I got, I got you, I got you. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about from it, whether you just said, I mean, like you said, um, it's, it's uh, everything is just kind of, everything's an allegation right now, and Nobody really quite knows exactly what's happening and what's going on. So, I, like you said, it's not really fair to, to talk about it or to comment on it. I will just say that uh, I hope uh, I hope that the court of public opinion doesn't uh, doesn't uh, fry anybody either on both sides of things too uh, yeah. too My... uh, too, hard, too shamely on this. Yeah, one. yeah, I yeah. I, I I I'm on board with that. Let me say there's three sides to every story: his side, her side, and the truth. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we just gotta wait to see. We just gotta wait to see what comes out and happens. And uh, I know when it was originally reported, they said the kid's life was part of it, but everybody quickly back turned on that because accusing somebody of kidnapping without actual proof is kind of <laughs> not a very good yeah. thing. So we'll just leave yeah. it at that. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm sure whatever happens, it'll be dealt with accordingly. So yeah, like you just said, uh, accusing someone of kidnapping their their children is massive and like there's going to be a big investigation on it i don't blame it and what i what i wouldn't be like i don't i wouldn't want this to happen but seeing how the nhl and teams are dealing with this this types of crummy situations the senators are probably going to suspend him like yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't wouldn't even jump to any conclusions on that either like we we don't we don't know what's happening I wouldn't want it to happen because hockey is hockey and personally, personal life and hockey shouldn't, like, come together. But, like, knowing how the NHL is reacting to a lot of uh, drama lately, 
there's probably going to be either Nikita Zaitsev is going to leave the Senators team for a little bit while he deals with this, or the Senators might suspend him. Like, I'm not reporting it's going to for sure happen, but, like, using my intuition and, like, um, I've seen Bill Peters, Mark Crawford, and all this stuff, like, it could happen, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, those are coaches, so I think the feeling is a bit different. There has been players yeah. that are, like, there have been players that have been under investigation that have still played in the league. So, I, 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 yeah. again, we'll see what happens. I don't know necessarily that they will suspend them. Um, who knows? I mean, if, if they do, then obviously <laughs> there, there's a reason for it. So, Oh, yeah. There's reasons for everything. Like like you said, like we don't, we never we won't know exactly what happened probably ever. We're just gonna know what's made publicly available to us. Yep, exactly. Yep. Anyways, let's move on to uh, happier happier uh, notes. Trip now. Since every episode of this podcast, I've been kind of giving an update as as to Chabot's ridiculous ice time this year. Uh, at, at first in the NHL, he was second. At, in the first episode, he was second in ice time or whatever. Then he won the first for a couple episodes. And now he is at fifth for uh, two episodes straight. And uh, right now he is logging 25 minutes and nine seconds per ice per night on average. Josh, I'll let you go first again on this one. <laughs> a lot of ice. Um, I, think, I think this is um... – it's a double-edged sword in the sense that Thomas Shabbat is clearly and by far the best defenseman the Senators have. Oh, yeah. Uh, He's the best player. Yeah, yeah. And I can't even begin to blame Coach Smith on uh, on putting him out, on just throwing him over the boards every chance he gets because, I mean, really, um, he probably uh, the, he probably gives you the best chance to win every night on the, on the back end there. Um, but I think Thomas, uh, his game starts to – um, fall apart a little bit the more he plays. Um, I think there's a sweet spot in ice time for Thomas Chabot. Yeah, and that's just because he's, he's so young NHL career-wise. He's in his third yeah. year, so like he's still evolving his game. Yeah, 25 minutes is a little high for me. I think there's a sweet spot in there of 22 to 23 and a half kind of thing. Um, yeah, because like... And, uh, no, go ahead, go ahead. He, I think, thanks. I think, uh, I think, uh, twenty-five minutes. That's a lot of ice. And uh, we saw, we saw the Senators do this with uh, with Eric Carlson for a decade. Uh, and I mean, Eric Carlson is superhuman. Um, but uh, I just, I just think that the more Thomas plays and the more he plays in the middle to high twenties, he his game starts to deteriorate a little bit. And you, you can see he's he's fatigued a little bit. Yeah. And the offensive creativity just kind of falls apart. And, and Thomas is his game is driving the play. His game yeah. is handling the puck in the offensive zone and, and being able to to, have to force a quick breakout out of the defensive zone. And the more he's on the ice, the more opportunity you have of playing at the other end than on your end. But the, then again, the more you're on the shorter. ice, the more tired you're going to get. Exactly. I think exactly. as time goes on, he will uh, build up more cardio. And uh, like I'm not saying he's lazy. Like that's not what I'm saying. But over time, he is going to be able to learn how to moderate his game and like evolve his game so he can be as effective the entire game. Because I do agree that after all, he does seem to become less effective. But that's that's normal at a 22-year-old who's playing, like, top five minutes nice time. Like, it's Absolutely. it's, it's, it's I, ridiculous I, to expect I, him. Yeah, I, I, I kind of I agree kind of agree here as well. Um, the Senators, I feel like they need to – they try to bring Zaitsev in. Zaitsev in sorry, Zaitsev in. Holy smokes. Um and they're expecting him to be like the Mathot to like Eric Carlson, which clearly hasn't worked out too well. So I feel like they kind of need maybe add some 
they go after another defenseman that will allow Thomas like not to be in every single key situation, like get a shutdown guy. And I feel like, and then just kind of cut down his minutes, like like Josh said, twenty two, twenty three minutes a game type thing. That's, that's I mean, I mean, the more, the more he plays, the better he'll get. But at the same time, he's still twenty two, and you don't want to really want to wear and tear his body down at this young age, especially because he's signed for another eight years. So. Oh yeah, because like defensemen, take, like forwards, like. You'll have, you'll have, like, Evgeny Feshveshnikov playing, like, God right now, what, 40 points in 39 games, or not even 39 games. Like, it's, he's got, like, 40 points in whatever amount of games he's played so far. And, like, it's forwards tend to become more productive early on in their careers, and defensemen usually take a little longer to mature and be really effective. Because, like, Eric Carlson, Eric Carlson, Mikhail McCarr, even Thomas Shabbat are nice rarities, but Thomas Shabbat will just get better every year. Yeah, and I think, I think the key to what you just said there is, forwards get better younger i think it's also important to say that forwards play less uh, play a lot less than than defensemen and then like on the flip side of it if i'm dj smith and i'm looking down on my bench and i look at the six defensemen i'm dressing honestly who else am i going to put out there in these key situations that i'm going to have enough faith in as much as i do with thomas shabbat i mean mark borowiecki and dylan demello and and ron hainsey are good veteran players and they're good they're good reliable players but you can't play them not nearly that much and and if you do then you fall apart even more so yeah, it's, it's really a, it's the unfortunate thing about the situation where the senators are in, in this in this uh, this rebuild is that okay, there isn't much else for them to throw out there, and and, and like you mentioned Zaitsev earlier, I think Zaitsev is a good defenseman. He's a he's a reliable guy, but he can't be your top pairing guy twenty five minutes a night. Not and, yet, at least. And, and, and not yet, or maybe not ever, and that's fine because they're not going to rely on him for that. They've got you know. Lassie Thompson coming. They've got Jacob Bernard Docker coming. So Johnny's iconic. Good, good, Johnny's iconic. They've got a lot of good young players coming on the back end in the next few years. Um, and so we just got to find a way to, to, to put a couple placeholders in there, which is what they're doing, but at the same time not burn Thomas Shabbat into the ground here. Yeah. See, what I think is going to happen, like, realistically in the future, I think, like, the Thomas Shabbat is going to be your like your your captain, and he's going to be the captain. He's going to be the face of the franchise. I think he's going to be the best player the team has ever seen in a long time, other than Eric Carlson, Daniel Robertson. But as of right now, he's really. Hey, don't he's, forget Bobby Ryan in there. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so uh, yeah, so like he's going to be he's going to be at least like he's going to be in my opinion maybe a top ten, top five defenseman in the NHL in the coming years. But as of right now, 90% of the time he's on the ice, he's better than a lot of other people on the ice. Like, he's, yeah. like, he's elite right now, but, like, not, all, not the entire game. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. And that'll come, that'll come as he ages and matures and as he plays. It'll come. It's called Definitely. development. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, next topic is... Um, so, recently, I saw a tweet. I think it was for the NHL or whatever. And they were... Oh, come on. Give me a sec here. I lost my notes. There it is. And um, they're saying something about uh, Peugeot, Chama Shabbat, and Brady Kachuk on ballots for All-Star Captain. What are your opinions? I could be wrong. I could have seen this wrong. I, I, I didn't fact-check this. I probably should have. But No, you're right. Is, no, you're right. right. They're, uh, every, every team has players nominated to be the All-Star Captain, but I don't Obviously, think any... Yeah. I don't think any of those three have a chance of being the captain. They got Pasternak, Marsha, Matthews, Tavares, Barkov, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, a, it's a fan vote. It's most likely going to be Matthews, realistically. But, like, just to have the NHL nominate 
three auto senators. That's pretty pretty sick. Uh, yeah, I don't really know what to say on that because I, I feel like every other team has three nominees, but I could be wrong. No, I I don't know. I I don't really pay attention to the All Star game as much as I probably should because like, sure the game's really fun to should. watch and all, but like it's like the festivities are fun and all, but like I don't really care less to like do like a, a lot of research about it. It the happens. All-Star game, the All Star game is fun for the city in which the All Star game is taking yeah. place. Other than that, it's it's a joke. The the it's game, like the game in general, yeah. But I, I I personally like the skills competition, but I really uh, don't care about the game. The game, I don't really don't care about. Yeah, skill, yeah. Yeah, especially sure. since they've gone into what the this stupid, silly three-on-three tournament that they're doing. Yeah. Um, and and then they have to like the NHL like gives a pro, like a million dollars to winning team. Like like if you have to give money for your players to actually pretend like they're enjoying the All Star game, you that's in itself telling everybody in the fan base that the All Star game's a joke. See what I think maybe yeah, is all. I'll I'll disagree with you on that one. Then it's okay to disagree. Everybody has their opinions, but my opinion here is that like. It's like the players, sure, they're going to want to play. But I think it really it's the teams, the teams that are telling their players not to try as hard so you don't get hurt for actual games. That's what I think is going on. But I could be wrong. Oh, no, I I think it might be a bit of both. Like the All-Star break. Like if you don't go to the All-Star game, you have like a week-long break, right? So, I mean, it's right before the playoffs. So, like the team, like like a Sidney Crosby, you wouldn't want to go to this All-Star break where this team's fighting for a playoff spot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, so. like last year, Vetchkin said no, said no to the All Star game because like he's always been an advocate for the All Star game, but like he felt he needed to break his body, <laughs> couldn't take it. Not out of respect, you know. Yeah, I mean, like like, like we disagreed with the All Star games are kind of a joke at this point. Uh, yeah. It's it, a show it for himself. It should just be a skills competition, honestly. And then honestly, 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 yeah, just give me a weekend of skills competitions. I'll be much more interested in, in watching yeah. that than anything that I'll they agree could with. do. Yeah, agree, agree. So now, now let me reverse that question. Out of those three that are nominated, one of them will, will make the All Star game because each team has to have a representative. Which one do you yeah. think it will be? Realistically, probably actually, the, there's going to be at least one to make it, and I think it's going to be Chabot based on the fact of before Chabot, it was always Eric Carlson playing playing for Senators All Star All Star uh, team, like All Star uh, representative. So like, it's easy for the NHL to keep players before and like replace them with players in the same position. So realistically, I think Chabot is the first spot, and then I think that um, if there's places, if there's places left, you you could see Brapajo on the team based on his year so far. But again, I, I think the All Star Game is actually a fan vote. Like whoever makes it gets voted in. I, no, I believe the, the, the captain, the captain is a fan vote, but the rest is uh, chosen by the NHL. Really, I'm pretty sure the last couple of years it was all fan votes, but I could be completely off on no, that. Just, That's for yeah, the captain. Just for the captain. Oh, okay. Uh, and then, like, last year, it was uh, – who went last year? It was Thomas Shabbat that went last year. Yep. The team selected uh, – the league selected him. I honestly – like you said, it's it's probably going to be Thomas Shabbat again. I Or it's – I, I look, I love what, what Jean-Gabriel Pajot has been doing this year. I, I love him as a player. He's a great player in, in Ottawa and all that. But um, I don't think he's going to the All-Star game. I think it's either going to be Tom – it's going to be Thomas Shabbat or Brady Kachuk. And it's going to come down to um, – what the league wants to do with it. Uh, they want to go young. They want to keep it interesting. So and I think yeah. it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to come down to which which guy is probably having the best season statistically. It also uh, depends. It doesn't depend just on the player itself. It depends on the entire All-Star team, who's on a team, what they need more, need more, more defensemen or need more forwards. That yeah, also yeah, exactly. has a role to play in it. 
Not much of a role, but it still has a role to play in it. I, w- I would personally love to see Kachuk in the All Star game. He would be he'd, oh, he'd be hilarious to watch. Kachuk, both Kachuks. <laughs> if you see both Kachuks in the All Star game, I'd love that. Like, honestly, like I'd lo- like just based on the year that Peugeot is having, I'd love if he keeps that up till the All Star game comes up. I think he deserves a shot for the game itself. Yeah, just yeah. this year. I mean, I can't really argue with that, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've seen Pacho in there. It'll be great. He's not going to go. He's not going to go over again. So, oh yeah, but I, I, like I think Pacho is honestly like a, like a middle six forward, ideally third line guy who can play up to up to the second line if you need him to based on injuries, and like he's overperforming. Everybody can agree on. I think anybody can agree on that. But like Absolutely. he's playing it to he's doing it to a level where he's really playing as one of the best players in the league right now. And I'm yeah, not saying that as a sense fan. He's, yeah. he's dominating the ice. I, I mean, we also, gotta, we also got to keep in mind that it's his contract year. So, I mean, it's, it just seems like every time there's a contract year, the player ups their game. So Yeah. But it's also but he's also been really, like, really relied on by the team to play more minutes, too, as a rebuild. I think the more minutes is also helping him gain confidence, too. It could also I think be it's that. Been, I think it's been interesting to see how, how Pajot and, and the relationship he has with with DJ Smith has evolved throughout the start of the season, where when you look at how training camp started, uh, Smith had Pajot as the fourth line center, and yeah, and I saw that. Everybody, everybody was kind of okay. So what's gonna happen with Pajot? Where is he gonna slot? Like, is he really like everybody think? Yeah, he's a fantastic third line center, PK guy, uh, shutdown centerman. But you can also see there is some offensive capabilities yeah. in him there. Um, see- and so it was just to me, I was surprised. I was. I was hesitant to see what Smith was going to do with him because I didn't want to see Pajot once again be forced into playing defense only like we saw yeah. with three years of Guy Boucher we'll hockey. Yeah, where, I agree. Where, that. I mean, if you look at the season with Dave Cameron's last season where Pajot was one of the best players on the team offensively. He was used Boucher, in the right role. He was used in that offensive role and on the power play, and he was – and he was still able to shut down player teams, and he was still able to play on the PK. But it when, all depends. When Guy <laughs> yeah, go ahead. It's 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 honestly it's all depends how the coach uses him. And Thomas, not not Thomas Chabot, but Jean Gabriel Pajot proves that he can play. He can do anything you'll ask him to do, and that's what I love about him. And he's done everything. He did everything Guy Boucher asked him to do. Did everything Dave Cameron asked him to do. And he's doing everything that uh, yeah. DJ Smith is asking him to. And I love he's that the player. He's the ultimate team guy, and there's a reason he has an A on his three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I yeah I love Pajot too. I hope he, I kind of hope he stays a bit long 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 term. Maybe not like eight years long term, but like two or three years maybe, and then and get a jersey. I'd like to, <laughs> I'd like to see yeah. I'd like to see him uh, part. Uh, I'd like to see him be part of the team in the long run and win with the Senators. Like all like every team has their uh, has their um, core. I like to be part of that core, but like. In the bottom six or middle six, you know what I mean, like in the, like the bottom, like ideally a third line. Yeah, but you can't, yeah. you can't sign him to eight years. I mean, he'd be like no, no. thirty six, no. thirty seven. Right? No, I'd say it'd be a three or four year deal. I think it's all going to come down to what the team does with Pajot. Is all going to come down to what his what his salary expectations are in his new deal. And if it, they say, look, uh, we don't necessarily think that that's that's feasible for us long term, then they're going to move him out. And then it's also going to depend on how how do other teams see Pajot. Exactly. Uh, if I mean, honestly, as much as I love Jean Gabriel Pajot, if I have a team that calls me at the deadline and tells me I'm giving you, I'll give you a first round pick for him, you I'm have taking to that. Say, you have yeah. to say yes yeah, to that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, 
And and also, Pajot is also the kind of guy to me that he would be more than open to re-signing here in Ottawa on July 1. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think- yeah. I, you know, he he lives here. He's from here. He loves it here. I think if you give him, if you if you talk to him, going up to the deadline, look, look, Pedro, we wanna, we wanna, we wanna build with you here. We love having you here. But look, I can't say no to this trade for the team and all that. But uh, we'd love to talk to you on July one and see if we can work something out then. I think that's something he'd be open to also. Yeah, again, I, I agree. And he's also he's also the, the, the perfect player for a playoff rental. So I completely completely for that. So oh yeah, and, he's the perfect guy because he can play up and down line. If he can, he will do anything you ask him to do. And that is perf- that is the definition of a perfect uh, uh, trade deadline ac- acquiry for a contending team who wants to win the cup. Yeah, I agree. Now we're talking about Pasho. Where do you, realistically, if he gets traded, where do you think he's going and why? Uh, I can see a team like Boston maybe going after him. Um, I don't know if he'll end up there, but I feel like he'd play. He'll, he'll add to Boston maybe in St. Louis, like like a grittier team. I feel like he'd go to not in the like a skill team, but a team that. that Plays gritty and that can he can fit anywhere in the lineup type thing with his play yeah. style. You know who I think would be it would take a hard long hard look at him would be uh, would be two teams out in the West. I think Edmonton would be smart to look at him. I can agree and, with that because he, he can I play think, wing. And I well not only that they could also use a third line center right there. Yeah, um, uh, I I I think also Colorado could use him too. Colorado, yeah, yeah. that's fair. But right, right, I mean, they're yeah. I feel, I feel like any team could use him. I mean, like he's like he's the ideal playoff performer. He can hit. He can fight. He can get dirty errors. He can score. Like he just absolutely. Yeah. I uh, I think if you're I, I, honestly, I think if you're a team that looks at yourselves and say, look, we have a really good shot at it. We like the makeup of our team. Uh, and and if you look at it and say, well, if I add another sentiment and it's one of those that you can, if he he can play fourth line center and he can play third. And if you have an injury, he can go up and play in the top six and you know you're not hurting your team. Yep. I think any team would be silly not to try to acquire that player. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. It's like agree. there's one-dimensional players in the NHL. I'm going to name Alex Ovechkin four years ago before – like four years ago and before that, he was really a one-dimensional player where he can only play one role, and that's a first-line scorer. If you play him as a third-line checker, He's not going to yeah. play good. Yeah, yeah. Like Taylor Hall, if you have him in the second line in Colorado for state, I don't think he's going to perform good. Taylor Hall is the guy, the kind of guy who is the guy. But Pajot is the kind of guy where you can put anywhere, and it's not going to change at all. He doesn't need to be the guy. He doesn't need to be the guy in the back. He's, he's he'll do whatever you ask him to. And then it's it's not a knock on anybody, but it's just different players have different games. And Thomas Shabbat has not Thomas. God, why am I well, saying it's Thomas? Someone I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again, Alex. <laughs> uh, Jean-Gabriel Peugeot has the most uh, universal game I've ever seen out of anybody I've ever watched. Yeah, I think he's also the guy coming up to the, to the trade deadline. He's the guy on the team that, that would have the best trade value, value. out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I agree. I feel like he reminds me of like a Mike Fisher or like a Chris Kelly kind of player when they played for the Sun. Yeah, yeah, but those guys yeah. are more kind of – one-dimensional, too, as in there had one role and he stuck to that role. Peugeot, yeah, has, no. Peugeot expands. I don't know. I think, a, I, I think Mike Fisher, you hit it on the head with Mike Fisher. I just think he's a little bit more offensive than Mike Fisher was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, do, I agree with that. I completely agree. Mike Fisher's my, my favorite player of all time. So Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I completely agree with that. He's exactly like that, but put in or, a couple goals. Another player you compared to is Antoine Vermette. Hmm. There's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah. 
There's a story to that. I'll tell you later when we're not, we're not recording. There's a story. Right. Name, you got to remind me to tell you guys later. Off, off record. It's, it's, it's nothing bad. It's just a funny story. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, let's um, move on to the next one here. Yeah. So the Ottawa Senators' weekly record this week is 1-2-0. and oh. And I'm taking note of this after the games that happened today. So today is um, Saturday, December 7th, as we're recording. And uh, this week, the Ottawa <laughs> Senators, uh, they've lost 5-2 against Vancouver. They won 5-3 against Edmonton and lost 4-3 today against Philadelphia. Any, any comments on any of those games? It's a perfect I game mean, for Tank Army. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that Edmonton Oilers game, they, like, they, I, they, they played well that game. The Oilers game, they played really well. Um, the Vancouver game, yeah, no, they didn't. That game was lost in the first period. And tonight, I like, didn't really watch – or Tapanu, I didn't really watch too much, so I can't comment on that one. But yeah. um, to be honest, they probably should be 0-3, but they played really well against Edmonton, so. Look, I think, I think the way – I think the, what's great about – what's really interesting about this team this year is it's, they're going to lose a lot of games, which is more than okay. Uh, but they're not going to do it in a – like, more often than not, you're going to – okay, let me put it this way. You're going to see a lot more games um, that are more – that are closer and more entertaining and more competitive than yeah. you saw when they were in Vancouver the other night. I think you're going to see a lot less Vancouver games, and you're going to see a lot more tight games like we had tonight where it comes – today where it comes down to a 3-2 final, and they were in it, they were close, but they came out and they, they walked out with zero points. And, and and better lottery odds at the end of the year. And the good thing about this year is we have our own first-round pick, which is even better. Which, I mean, is the perfect case scenario, right? Like, we're, we're, all, we're, we're all pretty much for the tank, but we also don't want to walk, sit there and watch an 8-1 dropping every single night. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like I don't want to sit here and have to watch last year of Guy Boucher hockey. I yeah, don't, exactly. Uh, you, you have no idea how many times I almost broke my television last year. Yep, uh, I, I, I have a couple ideas. I mean, I've, I came close to doing it too. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just. Yeah, it didn't go very well. So Wait I mean, a second here. Wait a second here. Oh. Alex Longlaw, the most oh. positive guy I've ever met, being negative about the Senators. <laughs> you should have me on more. Doc is rubbing off on me, man. As soon as he comes <laughs> to this podcast, just let it all loose. All those years of God and the negativity is finally caught up. But no, I'm so I mean, proud of you. I never. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not like not realistic. I know the team's oh, shit, yeah, but yeah. I just, I just choose not to be part of the negativity because I love my team so much. I know. It's just fun to be in the negativity. Yeah, I'm just teasing you. <laughs> I, I can't even get into the negativity even if I try. Like, except for now, it's all coming out. But it's yeah, like, well, you, you know what, Alex? Hang on to that because that's a rare thing in a Senators fan. So hang on to it. Yeah, I'll do my best. I can't promise how much long it's lasting. It's slowly getting right, to a dwindle right. away. Don't worry. I'm more than capable of being negative for the both of us. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. Please do that. See, now that we're talking about Guy Boucher hockey, let's uh, – I'm going to just – Oh, boy. It's, it's still another list. hour segment. Yeah, it's not on my list about, the, about the, what to talk to, but, like, that's what I like about this thing. It's like, it's like a roundtable where we're, like, discuss, discussing. How much time so, do you have left, Josh? Uh, I've got about – Let's say five to ten minutes before I pull into a rink parking lot. So I'm going okay. for another five to ten minutes. Okay. Okay. So I'll I'll skip that and I'll talk about it when you're gone then. Oh, I can talk Guy Boucher all the time if you want. Oh, That's okay. Let's talk about Guy Boucher then. So Guy oh, Boucher, boy. really, like I think realistically, he's not a bad coach. It's just he didn't Absolutely. match the Tampa Bay Lightning and he didn't match the Otter Senators, yeah. and yeah. he was yeah. not willing to modify his game. He's Bad. got a wicked game if it works. But if it doesn't, he doesn't know how to backtrack and change things up. 
the thing with Guy Boucher is that his system is so taxing on the players that yep. after like second and third year, the players are just like, man, it sucks. Yeah. Like, it's like it's if you look at his system. track record, you look at his track record, he did well in Tampa's first year, did well in Ottawa's first year, second year, shit the bed, third year, shit the bed. Got far I, uh, I, uh, I was doing cartwheels in the backyard when Guy Boucher was hired as head coach of the Ottawa Me too. Senators. Me too. Uh, Me too. Me uh, too. I absolutely loved him. I absolutely loved him in the first year. I put up with him in the second year, and I was ready to burn his house down in the third year. Um, I what I've said, what I've come to realize with Guy Boucher is, I think he would make a fantastic assistant coach in the National mm-hmm. Hockey League. I don't think he's a head coach because he just, like you said, he's so taxing on the players that it That's doesn't fair. work. But That's he fair. is such an offensive mind that that if you put him in charge of the forwards and the power play as an assistant coach watch out I think but also yeah, I agree. his defensive tactics are wicked too if they work if they work yeah they're just yeah. they're really passing mentally on the players like play that kind of defensive hockey for 82 games straight oh boy yeah. the, the problem with Boucher is it's the system is what the system is and the players have to adapt to the system. We're not yeah. we're not adapting a system to the players. How many times did I see, have to watch Johnny Oduya roll over the boards with Eric Carlson mm. that year? Mm. I wanted to pull my eyeballs out with a spoon. I just turned the TV <laughs> off after. I honestly just turned the TV off after a while. I uh, I, I go I through did... my Twitter time. I go through my Twitter timeline every once in a while from like a few years ago. Every freaking night, it's Johnny Oduya this and Johnny Oduya shit the yeah. bed for this. And then twenty minutes later, it's, I'm out. I can't do this anymore. Yeah, and like, and like, yeah, um, what a terrible signing! Oh yeah. my god! I mean, like, as a depth defenseman, he's okay, but you don't play him with Eric Carlson. You don't, you don't put him yeah. twenty it's minutes. He's good enough to be a player with Eric Carlson. That's no. the thing. Oh my no, God, no, no. Yeah, he's a, he would have been a fine six seven. Mm. Nothing more than that. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. The thing of Johnny Drew is, it's, it's like it's. It's unfair to him too, because we all know he's like he's what thirty six, thirty seven when he was signed, and he was signed to replace one of the most important players in the team, Mark Mathot. So like yeah. he was given unrealistic expectations, and that's all in Boucher. I think that's on Pierre Dorian. No, nope. I, I think I th- I, I think it's because uh, mm. uh, Boucher asked uh, Dorian to sign Adoya. That's what it was. Well, yeah, and that's that's my point. That's on that's on Dorian, where he just kind of said, "Yeah, sure, whatever you want." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do agree. That's a Dorian move for that's, sure. That's that's. A, I mean, we saw Dorian do that with Guy, and we've seen him do it with DJ. Where yep. if the coach has a request, the request is is accepted. I mean, we what saw Guy Boucher bring. We saw we saw Dorian bring in guys like Diaminico and Tom Pyatt and and who's the other guy? I'm forgetting that was just terrible. Stalberg, Victor Stalberg, oh, and yeah. Burroughs, Burroughs, and Burroughs. Burroughs Burrow wasn't guys, terrible though, but they're all they're all were good the first year. The thing they is, great. I mean, they they, they, they no, play good in their role. role. They're good in their role. Yeah, yeah. The problem with Boucher is he was playing them twenty minutes a night all day. Yeah, that, 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 that's that the issue. Good. I I like I personally like Di Domenico, but he was getting like way too much ice time. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's the other thing too. And I mean, like, how can you how can you sit there as a coach and say, yeah, Chris Di Domenico, who's never played in the National Hockey League, is going to yeah. give me the best chance to win if I play him fifteen minutes a night? Yeah, it's yeah, mind boggling, exactly. and it's and it's it's really it's infuriating. See what um, and. My whole problem, to, my my whole problem, with Di Domenico is I love Di, Di Domenico, but Di Domenico was signed to be an offensive threat, and he was signed to take away, he was signed away to take off Mike Hoffman's spot in the lineup. But Mike Hoffman 
was honestly, I think Mike Hoffman is the second greatest goal goal scorer the Otter Senators have seen has ever seen. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I Mike Hoffman. I agree with that, but I also don't agree that Kristen Dimitko was signed to replace Mike Hoffman. That's what it looked like. Well, to be honestly, I think I mean Mike Hoffman was was I think was 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 mishandled by the Senators organization from day one. It was it was a it was a case of three coaches looking at him and say, "Wow, okay, he's got offensive capabilities, but I don't want to put up with his defensive liabilities, so I'm not going to give him power play time, and mm-hmm. I'm going to play him on the fourth line." That, how can you sit there and say a yeah. guy that can score 30 goals with his eyes closed? Mm-hmm. How can you sit there and say, "Yeah, he's going to play 12 minutes tonight, and we're going to lose, and I'm going to be fine with it"? I guarantee you, if Mike Hoffman was allowed in, in Ottawa, if he was allowed to play the game he plays and play to the best level he can. We would be looking at Mike Hoffman as potentially one of the greatest goal scorers Daniel has today. He's a he's got a hell of a shot. I'll give him. Oh, that. he's got one of the best shots ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, boys, speaking of shots, think... go ahead. Speaking of shots, I'm pulling into a rink. Uh, I'm gonna go watch some uh, some teenagers take some shots and miss the goalpost all the time. <laughs> uh, I want to thank you both for having me on. I really appreciated it, <laughs> and and I would be more than happy to do it again whenever. Awesome. Uh, Whenever it works for you guys, awesome. So, nice meeting you, Josh. Yeah, nice meeting you too, man. Love talking to you. And as Josh, as Josh leaves, me and Alex are gonna keep going, and you're gonna see Josh more later on in the podcast as we record a segment. I planned for this. We recorded a different segment earlier on, so you will see Josh later on this podcast. So this isn't the last to see you, Josh. And of course, (laughs) I'd love to. I'm gonna ask this publicly right now. So you can't say no. <laughs> we'd love we'd love to have you on as much as possible, right, Alex? Anytime, anytime, guys. Anytime I'd be more yeah. than happy. Awesome. Perfect. All right. Enjoy your scouting. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Keep me updated. Absolutely. See you, man. All right. So that was something. Love that guy. He's a beauty. Yeah, he's good. You know, you know, you know the stuff. Oh yeah. So yeah, where was where were we? We're talking about Christian Minico, but I feel like we should I feel like we shouldn't spend too much time talking about him. No, I, feel like he I feel like he doesn't deserve too much airtime. <laughs> no hate on the guy, he's just he's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. He played like one season at the set, not even. Yeah. So yeah. So next uh next part is the stats. Let's talk about the goal score. You wanna end the segment and then invite me back or what? No, it's the same segment. Okay. Yeah. So the send stats are uh Jean Gabriel Peugeot leading goals fifteen. If I, if I, I think he's on pace to score 20 to 30 goals. Like, no, he's, he's on pace to score like 30 goals this year. Do you think yeah. realistically it'll happen? Uh, it's, tough, it's, tough, it's tough to say, really. I mean, I, I, he, he, he'll score 20 hands down. 30, it all depends on if he gets traded, where he gets traded, how he's yeah. used if he gets traded, and or if he stays with the Senators. Yeah. See, I think so. that if Jean Gabriel Peugeot keeps playing the game he plays right now, he will reach. 30 goals by February. If he, could, if he keeps playing the game he's playing right now, which means if he stays the Jolly Senators and keeps playing the game he's playing all year long, he could maybe hit, hit 40. Weird to yeah, say, I, I, I don't think he'll reach the goals, but... Realistically, I think he's going to score like 25 goals like to the end of like, yeah, the year. 25. I think he's got 25 to 30 goals to the end of the year. That's realistic. I would say That's 22 to 25. Yeah. Just yeah, based on just based on the year he's having right now, I think tw- I I would say twenty five thirty. You say twenty two twenty five. Yeah, fair, close enough. So uh, Jean Gabriel, Jean Gabriel, 
Jean-Gabriel Peugeot leads in goals, 15. Peugeot, um, no, uh, Shabbat leads in, leads in assists of 15, which isn't really yep. a surprise. No. And uh, Peugeot leads in points of 22. Yeah, no, not really any surprise. I mean, obviously, it's a surprise Peugeot up there. I think we addressed that last podcast, so yeah, nothing, nothing too surprising there. Yeah, and like, I know this this episode has really been like more in depth. Or we're talking more about specific players, but I'm just gonna go ahead and, and I forgot to mention it's. Um, we'll talk about another player right now. It's a good segue. Boro Cup. Okay. Oh man, hear, what a great, what a great, what a great story. Oh, yeah. Do you want to talk about it or should I talk about it? I'll let you talk about it. I'll just add on to it. Okay. So, to those who don't know, so anybody who hasn't not been on Twitter in the last week or so, Mark Borowiecki stopped some sort of robbery in Vancouver on the off day before the other senators played Vancouver Canucks. So, what happened was is he was out, he's out shopping with uh, Dylan DeMello and one other teammate. I cannot remember the name of the other guy. It might have been Kachuk. I don't know. But whoever he was with, it was Boro, uh, DeMello, and one other guy. I don't remember the other guy. Maybe it was even Mikhail Bodker. I think it might have been Mikhail Bodker. Maybe. I feel like it's Chris Tierney, but I don't know. Maybe. I don't remember who was the third guy, but I know there was Dylan DeMello and Mike Borvietti. Anyways, Borvietti decided to split off with the, with the two from the two guys to shop for the child he's expecting in January, February-ish, or whatever it is. And so the two, the two other guys went off to do their own thing, and Borvietti, um Literally five minutes after leaving those guys, got out got out of a uh, baby shop, bag in hand with all the stuff he bought, and he saw a guy like get out of a car or something like that with. Uh, oh, he was break. He's, yeah, he's breaking into a car. Yeah, breaking into a car, and then uh, like he had his bike from, but he's breaking into a car, and uh, by the time he got his stuff, he uh, and Bar- uh, Borowiecki saw saw this and uh, confronted him, and then Buddy takes on his bike and starts bolting in his direction. To like hopefully scare him away or whatever he was thinking, and um, not knowing who Borvietsky is, and Borvietsky just extends his arm, catches him like like a clothesline, um, clotheslines him basically, and uh, just brings him to the ground. Yeah, and I, then and he's acting like it's not a big deal. I mean, that's Borvietsky. Like we can, it's Bor- like, We can say he's not the greatest hockey player, but he's probably the most popular guy in that center's locker room. Oh yeah, like and, like. Like that, 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 honestly, that's why he's still playing for the team. I think it's just because he's he's not the best hockey player out there, but he'll run through a wall for you. Like, oh yeah, like he leads, he leads, he's second in the league in hits, I think. Um, yep. and like, you know when he's on the ice, the players know when he's on the ice, and so something something does something to the player, he'll be right there. Like that's why people yep. love him, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's just the type of guy he is, from what I hear, and I mean, good for him. That's so what describe. In my opinion, the best way to describe uh, Mark Borowiecki is he's a def- he's Chris Neal on defense. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, to uh, me, like, uh, like uh, on a different level, obviously, but like that's the best comparable. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and the funniest thing is the guy, the guy that, that he's st- like the, no, not the robber, but the guy that uh, was the victim of the robbery was a Leaf fan. It's kind kind of funny how that worked out. Really? Yeah. So the no, guy, no, no, the no, guy- it was his. It was the guy who's who's uh yeah the victim yeah the, not, guy, not the, guy, the guy not yeah the guy whose bag yeah. got stolen it was at least yeah. yeah so uh, I think I mean, it might have been a girl actually maybe yeah I don't, I, I don't know but did you see the uh, the video on the Thames Twitter of yeah. Robocop and him yeah. just uh, no, that was good 
Shout out to Cra- I don't know his name, Craig Medel- Medelia or something. Medaglia. Medaglia. Yeah, he, he's a gem. He's a gem. He's a beauty. He, I love him. Yeah, no homo. No, he uh, he did definitely definitely makes sense Twitter lively, but yeah, Borkov's oh, yeah. a great story. It's such the shame they uh, kind of blew that game in Vancouver, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Honestly, actually, you might not even read. Do, do you read the Athletic at all? Yeah, I do. So did you did you read? Uh, I think it was Haley Salvians. No, nope, I don't, I don't was. read it, but but yeah, that it's the story. The post she wrote basically confirms that this isn't the first time he hasn't he's done stuff like this. Um, his uh, heroics or his uh, genuine good guy yes, dates back to uh, junior. Back when he was playing midget hockey or no bantam hockey before he was drafted to the OHL. Yeah. Um, the the team GM or scout or whatever was watching was scouting one of his games, yeah. and after the game, he went up to his mom and said, "Thanks, mom, for coming to the game," and kissed his mom on the cheek or whatever. And and then GM or whoever it was, I don't remember the name of the guy, said, "We are drafting Mark Borowiecki next year. Whatever it takes, we're getting him on this team." Hale, and Haley uh, Salvian wrote this. I think it was Haley. I think it was Haley. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah whoever I mean, it was did a really good job. Let me pull the That's what. That's just who Mark Borowiecki is, right? Like he's 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 a super chill guy. He's he's a he's a goon on the ice. He likes to fight, but off the ice, he's a, he's a just super like genuine guy. So I don't I don't know. It's even that he likes to fight. He fights because because it's what he's asked, what's asked of him. I oh well, I think he fights. Only he gets asked to go out there and fight. I think he fights to stand up for his teammates because that's who he is. Yeah, that's, that's what that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So like if some if something happened like like Pajo yeah. gets creamed or something like that, he'll step in. No problem. Yeah, it was Haley Sylvian. Okay, uh, I'm reading it right now. She's a great. And, uh, show it to her too. She's a great writer. Oh yeah, another one is um. Let me. I'm scrolling this article really quick. Um, looking here. There's another one I want to mention here. here find it. <sighs> he he is replaced uh Kyle Turris as the capital city Condors honor, honorary captain. Yeah, and like uh, he's done a great job. Like he's like he's, nobody's gonna replace Kyle Turris, but he's he's done a good job, like stepping into the shoes. Like I've uh, met Kyle I mean, Turris, I've hung out with him a bunch of times, and I just I, just, I loved it. I love seeing. Yeah, him I doing mean, such a great job. I mean, I don't, he obviously can't replace Kyle Turris on the ice, but just, no. I mean, like you said, the Capitals Condor is like it's the Capital Condor, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can step in and replace Carl Terrace like that, no problem there. But I mean, but I mean, yeah, that's just an epic guy he is. He loves giving back to the community. He loves Ottawa, um, for one and foremost. So, yeah, I mean, that's why I guess I people rag on Melnick for putting Borjatsky in that video with him. And I mean, I will agree, <laughs> it, it it was cringy. It was super cringy, but it was that's a why show. that's why they put Borjatsky in there because everybody loves the guy. Like he's yes. a super nice guy. Loves the city. Wants to do anything for the team. Right. So. That's why he was put in there. Here you so. go. I'll read the quote. I'll read the quote that the guy was uh something Bowker. I forget who it was. Bill Bowker. So he's the coach of Yeah, whatever. So his quote was um all the kids started to funnel out of the dressing room after practice over. And all these kids that came up uh that came up and hollered at their parents and said, What's for dinner? I don't want a chicken, I want each other any food and another kid hollered and said, Where's dad? you were called. And then, uh, like, just basically the kids being kids, seeing that, like, they're not really caring. Like, they're, like, after practice over, not really caring. And just expecting their parents to do whatever for them. And Mark Borovietsky goes, and then Mark came up 
and very politely sat his bag up against the side of the wall. He went over and kissed his mom on the cheek and said, thanks for coming to practice, mom. What a guy. Yep. Bowker said he immediately called his head scout. I don't care what we do. We're going to get Mark in the draft next year. Fair. Yep. And they traded to, They traded up in the draft to pick him. Well, eh? Who do you, who, who do you play for? Smith Fall Bears. Oh, this this is AAA, my bad. Oh, okay. Smith Fall Bears of, yeah. Hawksbury. Gotcha, gotcha. That, that, even Junior A, that's Junior A. No, it's, sorry, no, Smith Fall Bears, yeah. Yeah, Smith Fall Bears, Junior A. Yeah. Okay. Same, same league as Lumber Kings? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, exactly. We can kind of play it together. Yeah, so that's nice. I, that's good to know. It's pretty decent. Yeah. But yeah, uh, another one here. Uh, the GM of that team, uh, or the coach, whatever, decided to uh, come to uh, one of our Verviesti's game in Buffalo in his rookie season, yep. and uh, he says, "I went to shake his hand, and he just grabbed me. He says, no, coach, I need a hug.'" Gave me a big bear hug. And then he, he noted that uh, Borowiecki knew that his wife had passed away that year. And uh, just the fact that he did that really brought him to tears. Yeah. He's, a, he's a class act. Like, I know you, I don't even know if I talked about it before, but like I know we have like, even expressed why he's still in the lineup. But, I mean, that's why. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's not like he's just, just a good guy and the team teammates love him, right? So. Yeah, for sure. It, it was, like, like it would suck. Like I know the fans would love if he left the team because he's not a very monster <laughs> player. But the like, yeah. like the the effect that would have in the change room, I think, would be would do worse than like, having him on the ice. Yeah, I'd love to see Mark Berbiesky as a coach one day. Which I think he will probably will be. Yeah, not not necessarily as a head coach, maybe even as assistant. I don't even think he'll be. An, I don't even think he'll be an NHL coach. He might just be like a coach in junior or something. Yeah. Who knows? Well, see. But yeah, and Mark Berbiesky more heroics is. When he was injured a couple of years ago, as an injured in 2016, he was injured. He couldn't go to the games. So what he did is instead of uh, just late, like going at home, like recovering at all, he was recovering. But at the same time during winter, he was out pushing people's cars out of the ditches when they were stuck in the ditches while injured. Yeah, what a, cla- what a class act. Yeah, while he was recording, while he was recovering from from a sports hernia surgery, surgery. Interesting. And like, yep. Sweet. It just goes to show how much of a good guy he is. And I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go too too much more into the article because I don't want to just read Haley's article on here because it's it's. Go, if you want to read the article, go ahead and do it. Go, go subscribe to the Athletic. Exactly. I don't want to take away their uh, their subscriptions. But yeah, that is enough for this segment. And next segment is around the NHL. Welcome back to talking some sends. Now we're giving you your, your around the NHL. So, uh, December 1st is come and gone, and both significant RFAs, Jesse Pulley Harvey and Julius Honky. Honka? Jeez, I butchered that name. Honky. <laughs> I, I swear, I'm like, I'm just like, I'm just like gone cherry mispronouncing names. God. Yeah, you're brutal at names. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm usually not bad, but like, it's whenever I'm recording, I'm terrible. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, that'll be my new thing, being terrible at names. Anyways, neither of them have signed their RFA, have signed for the RFA deadline, so neither of them will play in the NHL this year. Doesn't really surprise me. But uh, there was a lot of talk about teams like the Montreal Canadiens being involved and interested in Jesse Pulley Harvey. What's your opinion on, on both of that, both those players? 
I mean, they're not going to play for the rest of the season. Um, and to me, I, I, I get it. Like, but I mean, Julius Honka, I can kind of understand a bit more because Dallas is stacked on defense. Yeah. Um, with Heisken and whatnot. But Poole Yarby, I get. But at the same time, like. He's doing it to himself. No, I mean, no, he did it himself. But at the same time, they brought in a new GM. They brought in a new head coach. Like, get, and he hasn't even given them a chance. And you, you'll probably be, you'll probably have a chance to play with Connor McDavid for one. Yeah. Um. So I don't really know. I, it's tough. It's tough to say. I mean, all the people get traded. Both of them requested a trade, so they're both gonna get traded no matter what. Um. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the return will be. I don't know. We'll see, but I don't, I don't really have much to say on that because I don't really know too much about it. But if I was playing Yarby, I would probably just take take a step back and look at my position right now. And maybe, yeah, David, that would definitely help you out. Yeah, my opinion on this is Yarby really is honestly suffering from playing for a Canadian team. Like, uh, like being a Canadian team, being and being in the system of Canadian team. Honestly, being a Canadian team means you're going to get a lot of media coverage. You get big fan bases, bigger fan bases than some of the American teams you can be playing for. But, like, having not been able to produce as much as other guys like Matthew Kachuk or even uh, whoever, who else was taken after him in that draft? Whoever was taken. Pierre Dubois was taken right before him. People thought that the Columbus Blue Jackets GM was nuts for taking him over for Yarby. Yep. Jeremy Kikalainen. That's the name I will never mispronounce. Well. Yeah. But, yeah, honestly, it's honestly. My opinion on it is players take different amount of times to mature and be able to play in the NHL. And the fact that Pugliarvi hasn't taken, has taken a little longer, not necessarily his fault, but he's really suffering from it. I think he still has the, the, the potential to be a first-line talent, but I wouldn't put money on it. Like, potential-wise, he could be one of the greater players, one of the best players in the NHL, but Potential isn't as certain as a guy like William Nylander who has progressed into that, or a guy like Matthew Kachuk who has become that, or a guy like Pierre-Luc Dubrock who has become that and can be better. I think oh. that I think that by now, realistically, Pugliarvi should be like at least in the NHL, and talent-wise, he's good enough to be in the NHL, but just he's shutting down his chances by not signing a contract. By asking yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like. Go ahead. I feel, I feel like Um, he he thought he was better than what he was, and he thought he would go straight to the NHL. Yeah. Um, he had some development. And he did like being in the AHL, so he pouted and no. did what he wanted to do and asked for a trade. And then when you ask for a trade, you, you want to get the biggest asset back. So obviously he didn't play a lot. Um, because didn't want to didn't want to get hurt or anything like that. So I mean, he kind of hurt. He kind of hurt his own development in his own way. So. Yeah. See what the biggest problem is. He still has he still has wicked amount of potential in my opinion, but his value is at an all time low because of what he's doing. It's showing that he's not the greatest character, and you all know now the NHL is about bringing good character guys and sh- shining like showing away guys who aren't the greatest guys in the locker room. So he's proving that he's not the greatest guy in the locker room. And he's not willing to do pay his dues. He doesn't want to pay his dues. He wants to be the great one. You know what I mean? He wants to be like really good, and doesn't want to work for it. That's that's what it's looking at least. And he's really yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm sure he's he's skilled, but I don't think if he gets traded, he will be in the NHL right away. Well, he might be. I don't know. He, he, I don't I don't know if he's playing right now or not. I don't know where he is. Um, but... he's playing in KHL right now. I'm pretty sure. 
he's having himself a good season too in the KHL or whatever league he's playing in. He's having himself a really yeah. Good I think season. it's I think it's season. the other league out of the fifth finish league. Yeah, I don't remember what league he's playing for, but I know that I was I'm getting lots of updates of him scoring goals. So he's playing good. So it's confidence. His confidence is going to be up high, which means he might even demand for more money. Which I think it's ridiculous because like he's just he's really screwing himself over by not signing an NHL contract and by asking for a trade before he's even established himself in the NHL. Any updates on that? Oh, for God's sake, did the mic stop working? If the mic stop working, I swear to God. No, I'm right that- here. No, you're, you're there? Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I guess it doesn't recall when I talk whenever uh, I, I can be out to surf, surfing Twitter. Um, because yeah. it's a Frontax play, so I've screwed up, up to date on the score, but um, yeah, I, I don't really know what to say about that. I guess we'll see what happens. Quest of trade, so obviously, he's not playing too much. Um, and we'll see next season where he goes. I'm sure he'll be back in the league next year, so yeah, oh, yeah, I think he will. Because, like, I'm pretty sure I could be wrong about this, but I think he's UFA because he didn't sign a contract by December 1st. I think he becomes UFA if he doesn't sign by July 1st, right? No, he's still in RFA, they just no? can't, okay. yeah, he's still in RFA. Okay, I was wrong about that. So, yeah. So, there's, there's that. And Honk, I mean, Honk, Honk, will, Honk will probably have a chance to get in trade first just because he, he, yeah. he actually has NHL experience. So, I think I think Honka just really just he, – he's suffering from, from being in a team that has a, a really deep defensive core. I think it's simple as that. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I completely agree with that. So And, like, nobody really wants to bite a bullet in a trade because he hasn't played enough NHL games this season to be able to – See what his value is. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean he won't play again th- this season, so teams no. won't be lining up right now. Though you'll, you'll probably see him either get moved to the <laughs> deadline for like a pick, yeah, or you'll see him get moved in the summertime for the draft. Yeah, I think honestly he's gonna get traded at the draft. My prediction is he gets traded at trade at the draft for for a pick or something. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but never know. Anyways, let's get into the juiciness. All right. Since our last episode. Two coaches have lost their job, and it's looking it's going to be a third one. Who's the third one? Oh, you'll you'll know soon. So Bill Peters was going to realistically he's going to get fired, but he um, but he resigned. And for those who don't know what happened, and for those that what happened, I honestly I applaud you because it it takes t- like not not in a mean way, but it would take talent to avoid so much drama. So Bill Peters. Um, about ten years ago, when he was coaching AHL Rockford Ice Hogs, he was he was um, he was accused by a player. I think it's Akeem Ali, his name is, of uh, using a racial racial slur against him, which is not okay. And with that, more allegations started coming out, which of which of him beating beating players, being being really like a lot of allegations of him being really a jerk to his to his players and abusing his players. And through that, the Carolina no Calgary Flames, jeez, Calgary Flames. Lost investigation, where most likely he was gonna he's gonna get relieved of his duties. But at the end of the day, Bill Peters resigned, and that's what happened with that. John's Hines, John Hines got fired a couple of days ago before we record this, and um, honestly, it's it's it was it was uh, an accident waiting to happen. It was just it was so like uh, New Jersey's extremely underperformed this year, and it's it's he had to go. I'm surprised though. Like honestly, I would have predicted he would have had at least one more year. 
to um to redeem himself because he did just sign a contract last year, if I remember correctly. So usually, you know, uh, yeah, he's, he's been the coach for three years now. Yeah, but he just got he just renewed a contract. Oh, I, I, I possible, yeah. I, yeah. That I don't know. He just re-signed a new contract. His his contract would have expired at the end of this year. He just signed a new one. I'm pretty sure, lot or at some point, or he just signed a new contract. Yeah, possible. So usually, one. usually you wouldn't fire a coach at the beginning of his contract. So that's that's that was the only like in my head. That's the only way he would have stayed because of his contract. What's your yeah, opinion? I mean, like Peter, Peter's. Uh, it's it's it, honestly that's kind of a, a gray area, right? Because I mean, yeah, he he resigned, but I feel like he resigned. <laughs> I feel like him him and the team talked and came into an agreement. Uh, that, yeah. I, 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 that's what I mean. He was getting fired no matter what. Yeah. Um, whether he should be fired, I mean, I'm not gonna get into that. But no, I get um, that. I get that. Um, but yeah, it's probably <laughs> the team and him came to an agreement to allow him to just walk, like, just to leave the team without any too much hassle or legal paperwork or anything like that. Yeah. Because if they would have fired him, they probably had to go, go go to the legal department and do all that fancy stuff. So they just yeah. said, "Here you go. We're fucking tired of it. Let's move on." Um, <laughs> as for John Hines, about time I think I get fired. Like. Yeah, Taylor Hall, you got the first overall pick. Like, he shouldn't be dead last. Or he, Two first, <laughs> on that team, you had three first overall picks. Taylor like, you Hall, should be, you, you should be where you are. Jack Hughes. Yep. And, and I mean, like, it's probably it's probably New Jersey's last-ditch attempt. I know that there's rumors swirling right now about Taylor Hall. But yeah. there's probably New Jersey's last-ditch attempt to be like, hey, we want you to stay. This is here what we're doing. We're firing the coach because things aren't working. We want it to work yeah. type thing. Yeah. But, Honestly, I mean, you yeah. can't. You can't have Nico Hischier, Jack Hughes, Taylor Hall, and be and be worse than be worse than probably the, some of the worst teams in the league. <laughs> yeah. See, my prediction of this year for the New Jersey Devils is I I think I predicted them to make wild card based on on paper they have other than goal thing, they have one of the better teams in the NHL, but their one and only weakness to me I thought it was going to be their goaltending, which has been proven to be true on the goaltending standpoint. Their goaltending hasn't been the best. Corey Crawford is no, not like. Why am I thinking of Corey? Oh my god, you're brutal, Corey man. Schneider. Corey Schneider, jeez. Corey Schneider's now in the NHL, and uh, God, like, just think of this. Two years ago, like the uh, uh, actually last year's uh, goaltending tandem for the New Jersey Devils, Keith Kincaid and um, and um, Corey Schneider are both in the AHL right now. Yeah, I mean. It's kind of funny when you think about it because they traded it in. The ninth overall pick, if I believe back in 2016 for Corey Schneider, that yep. ninth overall pick is now the captain of the Vancouver Canucks. 2014 draft. 2014, 2014 draft. draft. He's now the captain of the Vancouver Canucks. Yep. We'll hold that. So, I mean, Schneider had all the potential in the world, and I think I still think he's an okay goalie. I think he'll be back in the NHL. Um, oh, yeah. I, just, I, I, think it's time the, I think it's time the Devils are done, but I think he'll be back in the NHL. Oh, for sure, yeah. I don't, think he, I don't think he'll ever be a starter ever again in the NHL, but I think he'll be a, a good backup who can play starter minutes I, if needed. It's tough to say. I think he might be a starter on like, uh, like like a Detroit, like a, like a team that, that, that that's kind of below, like kind of, kind of near, near the bottom. Yeah. Um, but like, but like, was, like on a Stanley Cup contending team, yeah, he'd be he he he'd actually be a pretty solid backup. Yeah. Um, like, and then for, yeah. As for Keith Kincaid, I mean. If someone if someone to take the fall for Montreal's struggle, and they certainly weren't going to play. They certainly weren't going to pin it on Price, and they certainly weren't going to pin it on their head coach. So yeah, Keith Kincaid took, took 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 the fall for that. I think he's a he, he, I think he's a really good backup goaltender. 
Oh yeah. Um, honestly, so I, I think, think, I think can, he'll, yeah. he'll be back soon too. Yeah. I think Keith Kincaid is honestly good enough to be a starter if he's playing this game. But late, this year he's just had a rough year. It's like it's just, he's playing for a team that's not performing great and he's suffering from those. His stats are suffering because of that. Montreal defense is not very good. Nope. Nope. So and just that. it's he's suffering from the team he's playing with and just I think talent wise and skill wise, he has he has the skill to be a starter in NHL. It's just he's having a really like tough chance. Honestly, I I was actually very shocked and surprised that he was not cream off of waivers. You have no, yeah. no idea how shocked I was. Yeah, I I do agree with that. Yeah, um, I think you should. You think you should have been claimed. I think a team like Toronto could have used him. He's just looking for a backup. Yeah, like you would but been, the one thing with Toronto there. is one thing with Toronto is they don't have cap. Simple as that. No, I know, but they could have they they could have yeah. they could have done something to like maneuver around it. Yeah, um, if they had the even, cap, they even, would pick them up. Even not Toronto, like even like a team like I don't, I don't know, even New Jersey could have picked them back up. Even Tampa. Yeah, like a team a team that needs a backup. I'm surprised he didn't get claimed, but yeah. again, his he signed for I think what one year for like one point two five or something. One point seven five. One point seven five. So I mean. Yeah. Yeah, it's not even, it's not even that high of a cap hit. Like it's it's honestly it's it's a one year contract. There's there's no risk really. But like the teams that need a backup are all teams that don't have like every team that needs a goalie are all teams that don't have the cap for a goalie. That's that's I, the reason. I, why I even playing. think Kincaid would have been, would have been good in Colorado though behind Grubauer. Honestly, actually, I I will disagree just because of how how well Pavel Franku has been playing so far. No, I agree. But, but Frank, Frank Kuch is also a rookie who has like ten games of NHL experience. Whereas yeah. if you go if you want to do a deep playoff run, you kind of need a veteran goaltender that's been yeah. there before. Yeah, but so far he, he's played good. I will disagree on that simply on the fact of Jordan Bennington, Matt, Jordan Bennington, Jeez, and Matt Murray, both rookie yeah. players, both rookie goalies who are realistically not supposed to be starters. They were both third string goalies at the time, and injuries. Made them jump to the NHL, and they came. Jordan Bington was a fifth string goalie, I think. If I was correct, no, he, was, he, he was third. Really? Yeah, it was Allen, Elliot, and then him. Yeah, but no, no, that is a valid point. But that is a valid point. Valid point. I think it was but, Carter. No, it was Chad Johnson. I think it was. Maybe, I, maybe. maybe. It was one of those guys. But whoever yeah, was is. Yeah, whoever it was was either traded or went down to injury, and then Jordan Binton came out to the NHL and just stole the show. Same thing happened with Matt Murray in the playoffs. Slurry, Slurry went down to injury, and uh, they called they called up Matt Murray to be backup, and then their goalie, their and their uh, goalie or whatever, something happened. No, no, actually, that's not what happened at all. I remember remember that wrong. What happened with Matt Murray was is when Mike Sullivan got promoted head head coach, they traded the backup goalie and brought up Matt Murray to be the backup. And then and from it, then on, he, he and, and, and I, don't, backup. I don't think Flurry got hurt. I think Flurry had a really bad series against Washington, and they put Matt Murray in to shake shake things up. And then that's when things that's when he, he played. I think that's I think, I think that's what happened in the second year. But I think the first year he was injured. I remember him being maybe, injured one of the maybe, years. One of the years maybe. he was injured. I don't remember which one it was. Yeah. But anyways, move on to the next one. Yeah, the next coach who is on a hot seat. Who do you think it is? I'm, I'm for, gonna say Mark. For, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Mark Crawford. Obviously, that's exactly but, who it is. But do you, do yeah, you know, do you know what's do you know what's going on with him? Yeah, I mean he 
he, he was accused, but at the same time, all those players that have accused him said they always came out and say he's the best coach they've ever had. So yeah, so it's, mean, it's an investigation that's going on, and right now he's not off the team. He I think he's been either he's on a leave from the team until he figures out, or he's been suspended. I don't know what, no, what, what the he's, case is. He's on a leave. He's just, just yeah. on a leave. Yeah, I don't know what case it was. Regardless, he's not on the team right now as they do an investigation, which I mean, they should do an investigation. It's it's a serious yeah. matter. Yeah. And whatever sure. happens is, my opinion is, I'm not going to ask you to give your opinion if you don't want to. It's it's fair. But my opinion is, is, is simply that he's a good coach, but he needs to learn to use different tactics to get the best out of his players. And I will say that Ottawa really, really dodged a bullet. I see. By not bringing him back. It, I have a quote here that I will read you from Brent Sopel. Brent Sopel was on Spitting Chicklets, for those who don't know, Barstool Podcast, go check it out, a year ago. And he mentioned that Mark Crawford kicked him. So I'll read, the, I'll read it. I'll read it all, and you let me know what you think. Go ahead. So about a year ago, I was a guest on the hockey podcast called Spitting Chicklets to talk about the Brent Sopel Foundation, which is a charity that I started to advocate for and to assist people with dyslexia. Being a hockey podcast, I told some stories from many years ago about my time as a professional hockey player. I shared those stories to entertain the listeners. I told those stories as a former NHL defenseman and not as a victim. The stories that I shared on Spit and Chicklet have recently been cited along accusations made by other players against Coach Mark Crawford. It was not my intent to make any allegations against anyone or any organization. I was only speaking how Coach Crawford affected me. I cannot speak for how others were affected by him, I played hundreds of games for Coach Crawford, including the season where I posted. You kind of cut out there. I don't know what's going on, but you really cut out there. So, point is from that is, from what as a, I I from what he's reading, I can sort of tell. Oh, you're back. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, now I can hear you. Yeah, it's because it's because my my app's gone, so I don't know how I'm gonna do this, but. When I when I leave the app, it does. When I leave the app, it uh, like cuts out. Yeah, I get that. Um, yeah. So I don't know if you want to continue reading the Brent Sopel, but anyways, I'll 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 just cut it. I'll just cut it short. Essentially, yeah. Just, yeah go what ahead. he what he's saying is that people are <laughs> people are putting it in his mouth saying because he came, he came on Spin took it and said that Brent that Mark Crawford kicked him and did all that stuff and people came out took it out of context. Put, and, and, and yeah, people. No, not forget the context. But people started putting in his words that he was accusing Mark Crawford of abuse. Where in reality, he was like, "Man, he, Mark Crawford needs to do that stuff to me to get me motivated." Because yeah. if he didn't, if he didn't kick me in the back of the leg or whatever during a practice, I probably wouldn't have woken up. Or I would, you know, what I mean, like that kind of stuff woke me up. Maybe. Yeah. He's, and to be fair, Brent Sobel was a Stanley Cup champion. Mark Mark Crawford won him a Stanley Cup. So Mark Crawford won a cup. Yeah, with Dallas. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So, ah. but anyways, that's not, that's not the point. The, the, not saying that Mark Crawford isn't guilty, but at the same time, people need to take a step back here and stop putting their stop jumping in and putting their opinions in when they have no idea about the matter. Yeah, so, I get that. Like, 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 like Sean Avery came out and said Mark Crawford hit him. But then he came out again and made a video saying, I don't know why people are freaking out. He hit me, but he was also the second best coach I've ever had because he found ways to motivate me and hit me with yeah. one of them. He's like, I deserve to be kicked in the ass. I was a shithead. Like, that, yeah. that's what he's saying. So, People yeah. like right now, it's mostly social media that's doing it all. I mean, good, yeah. for, good for Chicago and the NHL for doing their due diligence and investigation, which they, which they should. Nope, that's for sure. But at the same time, the, the actual people that it happened to, 
aren't saying anything. It's the people that take it out of context. Yeah. That want like social justice warriors need to find something to complain about. Yeah. So that, I will agree with that. And I, I mean, Mark Popper could be guilty. He could be guilty. He could be, and if he is guilty, they could fire him and he should never coach in the league again. But at the same time, the people that are saying that, 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 that are, you know, saying he's the worst coach ever, that he should never coach in the NHL again, that his family should be ashamed of him, blah, blah, blah. Like, take a step back. Yeah. You, weren't, you weren't involved in the situation. You have no idea what happened. Just exactly. take a breather, let the NHL do their thing and figure it out. The NHL will do exactly. the right thing. They know they know that if they keep him in the league and it's proven that, he's in, that, he, that he did did stuff that he shouldn't be, they will be backlash. So they yeah. did, did the right thing with Bill Peters. They're going to do the right thing with Mike Crew, Mark Proper. So yeah. the people that have been involved in the situation, back up. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll, I'll agree with everything you said there. But, like, regardless of what happens – Mark Crawford is an amazing coach. Maybe he's taken it too far in the past, but coaching the Senators, a team that has seen so much drama, seen so much scrutiny, seen so much bullshit over the past couple of years, someone would have caught Mark Crawford doing something to a Senators player. You also in the three years she was there. People also have to also keep in mind that. 10 years ago, the game was much different. 10, yeah, 20 exactly. years ago, the years game ago. was much different. There were, there were like, like you need to scream at players to make them understand. Yeah. Type of thing. Like, yeah. there's, there's a different way. As, as time goes on, there's different ways to approach players. He was an old fashioned at the time, but the biggest thing about Mark Crawford that keeps him an NHL caliber coach today is the way he's evolved his tactics over time. I don't know if you've seen what Robin Lehner said about Mark Crawford. Oh, I, I don't. I don't know exactly what he said, but I know it's something good. Was it? Yeah, he said. He said. Well, what, he deserves a second chance. I got a second chance yeah. after being a little shit and all that stuff. And that was. But I've learned my lesson. Why? Why? Why can't a coach like just because he screwed up twenty years ago doesn't make him? You know, like he should lose his job and everything he's worked for now. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean? Like, like Robert Lehner was an alcoholic. He did all that stuff. Um, and he he got a second chance, and he's one of the better goalies in the NHL. Like, look, yep. like. Just because he screwed up five, ten years ago doesn't mean he's a horrible person. Yep, honestly, I like, this is proof that people <laughs> change. Like twenty, like twenty years ago, I was five. I can't say much, but ten years ago, I've done stuff. I probably, I probably get in a lot yeah. of trouble for now. But you know what I mean, like. But I see, I see, I've grown as a person. I know that what I did was wrong, and I will never do it ever again. Yeah, you know what like, I mean. Like, like just ten years ago, uh, no, wait, no, five years ago, I was throwing pumpkin, pumpkin remains at city buses. Yeah, exactly. Right, like you know what I mean. And which, which, right? If you did that now, you'd probably get arrested and thrown no, to jail. I've grown in the last five years. You've grown in the last five years. Mark Crawford's like, grown people, in the last five years. Like everybody grows. Like except for Don like, Cherry. Back then, well, even like even then, back when Don Cherry was coaching, what he was saying on national television was fine. Obviously, he didn't evolve. He, he different between Mark Crawford and him is he didn't evolve. Yeah, but does it doesn't mean that he that Don like. What Don Cherry did back then isn't wrong. No, no, like, back then it wasn't like, wrong. Now, like even Mark Crawford, like twenty years ago, what he did was probably socially acceptable. But back then, now obviously it's not. But at yeah. the same time, he probably, he, I'm sure this process has taught him that. Oh boy, I should probably be a bit more careful. Yeah, I, you know I mean, like, like, hey, so firing somebody, firing somebody based on something they did twenty years ago, I'm pretty sure everybody, yeah. everybody in the world would probably be fired if, oh, if, yeah. if, we, if we dug back far yeah. enough. People would be fired for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't have a job. Right now, if if I if I were getting punished for throwing pumpkins at a city bus five years ago, yeah, exactly, <laughs> that's right? a so, funny story. I'll get on to at some other point if I feel like it. <laughs> but so it's just, like, yeah, yeah. I, that, that's all I have to tell Mark Crawford. It's probably more than I should have said, but 
No, no, that's it's fine. People you just need to step it. back and let the league do the thing, yeah. and yeah. don't uh, just because he did something wrong twenty years ago doesn't mean he's a terrible person. Yeah, I don't think he said anything wrong. It's if anybody thinks he said anything wrong, it's okay. Everybody has their own opinions. It's not the end of the world, really. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, let's get back on more about the NHL. Let's talk about the standings. I will pull up the standings really quick here. I usually have them written down on my board, but I forgot to. So I'll just pull up the NHL app. Can you still hear me? Yep. Okay, we're good. So uh, standing-wise, we'll go division. Uh, Eastern Conference Atlantic Division. Boston's in first place, 26 <laughs> for 46 points. Buffalo is 30. No, no, that's not it. That's their games played. Jeez. They're 13, 10, 11, and 6 for 32 points. Montreal is – Pardon me? Yeah, Buffalo oh. second. Okay. Montreal is 13, 11, and 6 for 32 points. Florida is 20 uh, – no, they're, uh, they're uh, 13, 9, and 5 for 31 points. Toronto is 13, 13, and 4 for 30 points. Tampa is 13, 10, and 3 for 29 points. Ottawa is 12, 17, and 1, 25 points. Detroit is uh, 7, 20, and 3 for 17 points. And I have the standings of last episode. Um, last episode um, – Buffalo was not in a playoff spot. They're fifth in the division. So they've had a good stretch in the last two weeks because that's the last time I filmed an episode. And um, honestly, the standings haven't changed. Uh, Florida has dropped down a little bit. Montreal stayed where they are. Uh, Tampa's gotten a little better. Ottawa's gotten a little worse. But, yeah. Any opinions on... Again, Tampa's played like five less games than everybody else. So they'll probably move up. Uh, then you have Buffalo will probably drop out of Tampa. Tampa and Florida will probably take Montreal and Buffalo's spot, if my opinion. Yeah. And then yeah, you have, and then, then, then Toronto, <laughs> Toronto will somehow find their way. Yeah. Anyways, now we'll go to the Metro. Metro division is um, Washington, 22-4-5. Can you hear uh, me? 49, yeah, I can hear you. So, so I, I, wasn't, I wasn't finished on the Atlantic oh, thing. Oh, sorry about that. Sorry about no, that. No, it's all good. So uh, it's just, it's, just, it's just finished Boston, Tampa, Toronto, Florida, Montreal, Boston, Montreal, Montreal, Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit. Fair enough. Yeah, I can agree yeah. with that for the most yeah. part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Next. So next division is last last time. Um. So no no this this week, uh, Washington is twenty two four and five for forty nine points. They uh same place as last week. I mean not last week but last say, last uh last episode. The yeah. New York Islanders are nineteen six and two for forty points, same place as last episode. Philadelphia is seventeen, eight and uh, five, thirty-nine. They've climbed up. Pittsburgh okay. is uh sixteen, nine and four for thirty-six points. They've gone down one spot. Carolina is seventeen, eleven and one for thirty-five points. Uh same spot. Uh, Columbus Blues and uh, New York Rangers is at uh, 14, 11, and 3, 31 points. They've climbed up a couple spots. Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, they've gone down one spot. They're 11, 13, 4, 26 points. New Jersey Devils, same place, last place, 9, 14, and 5, 23 points. Yeah, uh, I'm fine with everything there except just switch uh, Columbus and Rangers. And that's how I think. Oh, my there. goodness. Detroit hasn't won a game in two weeks. No, they're brutal, man. <laughs> I just noticed that. 
Yeah, they're brutal. They're not good. <laughs> I don't think I've seen a team this bad since Columbus. I mean, Columbus with Colorado a couple years ago. Yeah, they're Detroit brutal. Like they're they they're not even a hockey team at this point. They're, they suck. Oh my god, that's yeah. terrible. Anyways, go ahead and comment. Uh, like I said, everything, everything's fine there except to switch Columbus and the Rangers. That's I think all finished. Fair enough. Yeah. That's about it. I don't so think Eastern, that, Eastern Conference wild card, wild card spots are Carolina and Pittsburgh. Uh, right now, right now. Yeah, and who, who who's in the running? Give me the ones who are in the running. Um, Florida, New York, and Toronto are all competing for a wild wild card right now. I think, and you said Carolina and Pittsburgh. I think Florida will get it. Uh, and I think I think Toronto. I think well, I think um, I think Toronto will get a division spot. So yep. it'll be it'll be Florida and Pittsburgh that'll get their wild card. I think it's Florida and um, Carolina. I think Pittsburgh goes down. Fair. Yeah. As, you, well, as I've said yep. it before, but like I just think that they they've been good long enough. It's they're going to start losing at some point. Yeah, they're definitely on the decline. Yeah, they're on the decline. Yeah, the Western sure. Conference, Pacific. Um, they've only, uh, oh my God, they haven't had a good week at all. Actually, no, they they've had a good week. I was looking at the wrong wrong place. So, um, Edmonton is first in the Pacific, eighteen ten three thirty nine points. They have gotten. Wow, they've played. I've had a good two weeks. Arizona is second, seventeen ten and four thirty eight points. Um. Vegas is third, 15, 11, 5, 35 points. Vancouver, 15, 14, 4, 34. Uh, San Jose, 15, 13, 2, 32. Calgary is 14, 12, and 4, thir- uh, 32. Anaheim is 12, 13, 4, 28. LA is 11, 17, and 2 for 24 points. Uh, Any uh, comments? Uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to take a bold kill right now. Arizona is winning that division. <laughs> Fair enough. I think I think um, the division is going to end uh, Edmonton, Arizona, and uh, Vancouver, and I think Vegas gets the wild card. Yeah, I think it'll be Arizona, and I think it'll be Arizona, Vegas, Edmonton, San Jose. Ooh, as a Sims fan, I don't like hearing San Jose doing good. No, me neither. But but they're on the climbs though, and they're they're, oh, too, yeah, good not, they're too good to do bad. Yeah, they've played. The, yeah, they they they've really kicked it up. And yeah. I know last week's episode, or at some point, I was maybe was talking, just talking to someone about it. A couple, a little while ago, I was talking about Peter DeBauer being on the hot seat. Now I don't think so as much. No, I think he's safe. Yeah, now I think for a little safe. bit. If they, if they miss playoffs, he might get fired. Oh, I think if he, if they miss playoffs, he's gone. Yeah, their their team's too good to not miss to, yeah. to, to miss. Playoffs. And he's been, he's been there too long to not have an excuse to have to have no have no yeah, excuses. Exactly. Yeah. He has no excuses anymore. No, uh, no, exactly. Anyways, uh, next division, is that okay? Yeah. Okay. St. Louis leads the Central with eighteen six and six for forty two points, um, nine points more than the last last time. Colorado is eighteen eight and two for thirty eight points. Uh, Winnipeg is seventeen ten and two for thirty six points. Dallas is in fourth, sixteen eleven three thirty five. Minnesota is uh, fifth for 14, 11, and 4, 32 points. Nashville is 12, 10, and 5 for 29 points. And uh, Chicago is tied with um, 12, 12, and 5. So they've played two more games, but they have two more losses. Uh, and, uh, I think Colorado will pass St. Louis. Uh, I think it'll be Colorado, St. Louis, 
Who else is in that division? Um, Dallas, Winnipeg, uh, Minnesota, oh, yeah. Nashville, yep. Chicago. Yeah, so it'll be Colorado, St. Louis, Dallas, Winnipeg, Nashville, Minnesota, Chicago. Fair yeah. enough. I think it's going to be St. Louis, Colorado, Dallas, Nashville, Winnipeg. Actually, no, swap Winnipeg and, Nash- and Nashville. So I think Nash, I mean, Winnipeg will just get the last wild card spot. That's because offensive wise, they're a killer. Goaltender wise, they're a killer. Their defense is just so weak. Yeah, I agree. Oh my god! Until Buffett comes back, but he's gone for now for for surgery. Until he comes back, they're gone. That their their defense is gonna be so. Why not come back? Cause he's yeah, it was like some legal issues or something. I'm not really sure, but no. But he he was gonna retire earlier, but he decided he wasn't going to. From what I heard, and uh, he's just out right now for a surgery. Oh, okay. surgery. That's what I heard. At least I could I could be wrong. I could remember wrong. From what I heard, that's it. Sure. And um, I think that um, Winnipeg has really over outperformed this year, based on how much their team has changed. They have basically their entire decor has changed almost. Yeah, and it's ridiculous. Anyways, yep. any surprises? No, none. Uh, maybe, maybe Nashville being that bad, but yeah. When you have a uh, Mikhail, like, their center, their center depth is Ryan Johansson, Matthew Shane. Mark, no, Mikhail Granlund, Kyle Turris. Nick, yeah. Nick, Nick Benino and whoever's their fourth line center. So they're using a lot of centers as wings. I think that's their problem. They're playing players out of their out of their spots. And they're not using their players in the right position. And I think that Peter Lavaliette or whatever his name is might start might 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 grow into the hot seat soon. Maybe not this year, maybe next year, but I think that the Nashville's coach, I think it's Peter Lavaliette or whatever it is. I think yeah. he uh, goes in hot seat soon. I feel like Nashville has lost their identity. Like before, they used to be kind of like like a grindy team, but now they've had yeah. a lot more skill. Yeah. Um, See what happened with uh, what happened with Nashville is was they were a huge surprise when they went against Pittsburgh in the Stanley Cup Finals, and ever since they've been trying to keep that. They they've been trying to contend to that level, and they're they're trying too hard. I think honestly, like I love David Poyle to death. He's a wicked GM, but I think his 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 time is his uh has uh has run, and he's he's been the only general manager that team has ever seen. Yeah, I think I, I think I think David Poyle's fine. I think it's the coach, and that might be a lot. I think it, I think the first to go is the coach, but I think that David Poyle should consider maybe retirement because he's been the he's he's the only general manager that team has ever seen in their entire history, and as impressive as that is. Change change can be good. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's considered retirement, but I do agree change can be good. Maybe not retirement or whatever happens, I think he needs to change the scenery. Maybe take a couple of years off, you know, take a step up, maybe even become just assistant general manager for a couple of years, let someone else take over. Just give yeah, him a breather. I don't, I don't know. I think the Apollo is still a pretty good GM. I think it's the, it's the, the, the coaching right now is the issue. I think he is, but I think he's trying too hard to uh, contend when the team isn't as great as they should be. I mean, owner, ownership probably put pressure on them to make playoffs, obviously. Yeah, so, after. You got to keep that in mind. Owners, owners, the GMs are the bottom team that run everything. It's the owners. No, but the hockey operation-wise, they are in charge. Yeah, but if the owner if the owner says, I want you to make playoffs, I want you to do whatever you want, make playoffs, or I want you to go and get this guy, then you can't really say no. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. That's a good point. <laughs> So, 
Anyways, wild card in the West will be Dallas. No, will be uh, Nashville and prediction. That's your prediction, right? Yeah, Nashville and Winnipeg will be the two uh, wild cards in the West. Well, right now, right now the wild cards are Vancouver and Dallas. Yeah, it'll be, it, Dallas is gonna move up to third. Vancouver's gonna fall out. I think it'll be not Nashville, Winnipeg. All right. Anyways, now we'll talk about the league leader stats wise. Goal wise, David Pasternak, twenty five goals. What's your opinion on that? Uh, I mean, it's normal. <laughs> we had a little bit of technical difficulty. I don't know really where it ended off, but I think it was at the league leaders goal wise. We're talking about David Pasternak having like twenty five goals right now. Possibly on pace score fifty, even maybe even sixty goals. We both agree he's playing like God right now. So let's just go to assists. Leon Dreisaitl is leading the league in assists, 30, 34 assists. But right behind him is Carmen McDavid, thirty three. Yeah, what's your opinions on that? I mean, not not too surprised to be honest. Those two guys are beasts. They're probably the best one two punch in the league. So I mean, oh definitely. Yeah, really. I think that. Play with that. I think the best way to to talk about Leon Dreisaitl and um, Carmen David is the easiest comparable uh, great like great all time um, duels you compare into is Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin or Yermer Yager and uh, Mario Lemieux. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, like as on terms of how like uh, dominating they are. I know that Malkin and Crosby don't really play together, but like on the same team. You know, but like you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean the two play the two like they're playing unreal. the The scary part is that they're they probably won't slow down. They're capable, they're capable of doing that all season. So, oh yeah, that's the scary part. They're already like fifty some points, which is ridiculous. Yep, and cool. uh, that brings on two points. Dry settle has fifty three points. He leads. McDavid is one point behind fifty two. I think I personally think that Connor McDavid picks it up, and I think McDavid is going to score one hundred thirty points this year. I think that Dry is going to score one hundred fifteen to one hundred twenty. That's what I think is going to happen. I think Dry will get to one hundred, and McDavid will get to one hundred ten. Fair enough. Yep. Actually, let's do the math really quick, see what they're up to. Um, and how many games have they played so far? Give me a sec here. Um, stats. Probably, probably like 32 or so. Leon Dreisaitl. Come on. I hate this stupid app. Internet's bad. Give me a sec here. So, in okay. 53 points divided by 31 games. He's got a 1.7... Points per game average, if you do that times eighty-two, he's on pace for hundred. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl is on pace for one hundred forty points this year. Okay, I guess Connor Davis probably like one hundred thirty-eight, one hundred thirty-nine, something like that. Yeah, I'm not even gonna do the math because it's just third point different. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, I don't think it. I think I don't think they're gonna do that. I think, like I said, I think McDavid hits 120, 130. I think that uh, Dreisaitl hits one fifteen, one um. One twenty. Another yeah, duo, pretty... I guess you. Another duo you compared to, I guess, is the Sedin twins, where, uh, where, uh, or even Nicholas Backstrom and uh, Washington and Alexander Ovechkin, where the center, Connor McDavid, is the playmaker, and uh, Drysaddle is the goal scorer. So Henry, I mean Daniel Sedin or Ovechkin. Yeah, like, Daniel, all, like, Henry and Daniel probably. Yeah, like obviously, uh, obviously, uh, Drysaddle has more assists too, but like. In that lineup, 
Like, they both have the same amount of goals, but I realistically, I think Drysaddle is more of a sniper than McDavid is. Like, McDavid will score goals and he's a sniper, but I think that Drysaddle like, is more of a sniper than a playmaker. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they can board score goals, so that's scary, oh, yeah. I think. But... It's extremely scary. Yeah. And um, number third, third for – just listen to this. The the number one and two spots for points are fifty three and fifty two points. Yeah. Number three is Nate McKinnon at forty four points. Forty four. Yep. That's crazy. It's still crazy. Yeah. But it's a, it's it's just like in twenty eight games, Nate McKinnon has forty four points. It yeah. just goes to show like the NHL is crazy this year. Yeah, I know. It's wild. It's wild. It's yeah. a fun year. It is a fun year. Not for goalies though. No, definitely not for goalies. No. Anyways, um, that's really all I had for that segment. So we will. Um, how about league leaders? How about, how about league leaders and like goal, like goals against average and stuff? Goals. Oh, goalie wise. Okay, let's check that out. Yeah. Um, stats. Okay, who do you think uh, leads the league in plus minus? Oh boy, I, I don't know. That's kind of a relevant stat to me. Pajo is second, plus plus nineteen to nineteen. John Carlson is number one. I know it's 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 a stupid stat, but it's fun to look at. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um. Oh my God! You'll never believe who's leading the league in uh, time on ice. Who? I don't like him. He has a feud with one of the Chuck brothers. What? Drew Doughty. Yep. Okay. He's not that good. No, but LA has nobody else. Good enough. Fair enough. He's <laughs> a top four D man at best now. He's lost. Uh, I, 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 still, I, still think he, I, still, I still think he's top two. It's just LA is really bad. I don't. I don't I'll disagree with you on that. That's fair. Remember when? Uh, remember when everybody thought Steven Stankos was shit at faceoffs? Yep. Not anymore. He's second place in faceoff percentage. Yep. I know. I love Steven Stankos. My favorite player. I love Stammer. He's one, he's one of my favorite players. Yeah, but like he used to be terrible player. at faceoffs. Yeah, I know. But he's obviously improved on it. Obviously worked on it. Yep. Chris Tierney is number 13. Not bad. Yeah. Um, Nate Thompson is 55. Nice. Now let's check goalie stats. Goals against average, who do you think is leads the league? Brain mm-hmm. Holby. Nope. Not even close. I have no idea. Tristan Jari. Really? 1.81. Darcy Kemper is a 1.9, 1.92. And Halak is a 2.14. Interesting. And um, same percentage, Yari is, a, Yari is at a 943. Kemper is at a 937. And um, Halak and Hellebuke are tied for 934. Interesting. Yeah. Halak has Halak has a higher save percentage than Ross does, and they both played a similar amount of games. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Ross isn't having so, a great year, but Halak's played really well. Oh, he's, he's, he's still having a good year. Just yeah, he's still having a really good year. Yeah, just not up to like, not what he normally does. He's top five, and he's top five in both stats. So he's, he's still having a wicked year. He has That's a fair. thirteen two and three record. Yeah, he's still playing elite. It's just that um. They're both playing good. They're honestly, Yaroslav will actually be a starter in the NHL. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. But he's backup though. Yep. He's not even a backup. It's like a 1A, 1B situation there. They're both elite goaltenders in my opinion. I don't know if I'll actually leave. He's good though. Fair enough. That's my opinion. Ben Bishop is uh, playing like a god too. Yeah, but Ben Bishop's a good goalie. Oh, listen to this. Pavel Franku is uh, ninth in save percentage. Interesting. Yep. IT Ronto is at a 9.26. Jordan Bennington's at a 9.25. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, – and, uh, and uh, Brent Holpe leads the league with 15 wins. And Connor Hallipuke is second with 14. 50 and, or 15? Uh, 15 for Holpe. 14 okay. for Hallipuke. Riddick, yeah. Anderson, Bennington, Rask, and, and Rask are all tied for 13 of three. And uh, Pete and uh, Carey Price is 12 wins. Nice, he's basically fourth, but like really seventh. Yeah, yeah. so Carey Price isn't having that bad of a year. No, he's not. No, he's not. I mean, the team, the team in front of him, so, like the defense is so bad. Oh, yeah, the team defense in general is bad. Team and defense in Montreal is brutal. Oh, so. yeah, and um, yeah, honestly. Through these stats, I think the three um, nominees for the Vesna this year are going to be Yari, Kemper, and um, Connor Hallibuk. Yeah, I think it's going to be Kemper, Hallibuk, Rask. If if Yari if Yari plays the entire season as a starter. I think he gets nominated. Which he, which but, he won't. Like, he's he, he only played like five. He only, he only played like eight games so far. So, uh, no, he's played more than that, I think. Maybe he like has, ten. He's played, no, 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 he he he's their starter right now. Like he's playing more games than Matt Murray is. Yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt Murray's been hurt though. So. Yeah, but Matt Murray's also when he's been playing, he's been shit. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think Yari will play have enough games played to be nominated for the Vesna. That's fair enough. That's fair. but yeah. if he does have the games enough games played to be nominated, I think he's going to be nominated. I think I think Kemper's winning the best this year. I think so too. But you could also put uh, some stats for for Ronta. Ronta's been good. Just he's, he's getting hurt so much that he's getting beat up, like in the in the in the in the um, in the, um, in the uh, games played. So they're both elite goals. I think Ronta and uh, Kemper are both like capable of being elite goaltenders. Just they're both competing against each other, which isn't bad. But honestly, I would trade one of the two. And I would trade Ronta. Yeah, I'd trade Ronta for sure. Yeah, just because based on his injuries. And yeah. that uh, Kemper is actually younger, I think. Yeah, he is. Like, like two years or something like that. Yeah. yeah oh, I like Kemper. I, like I Kemper love Kemper. Goaltender. I love Kemper. Same. Yep. But yeah, let's end this. And John, John, John Carlson's gonna win the Norris for sure. Oh, I think so too. Easily. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, now let's talk about some uh, team stats. Uh, who okay. do you think is uh, number one in power play percentage? Mm. Is it a Western Conference team? Yep. This is shocking. Top three. The top three is shocking. Well, top two is shocking. Top power play stats. I'm gonna say Dallas. Edmonton. That's fair. Well, I mean, with uh, with Connor McDavid and uh, Drysaddle, Dry power play doesn't surprise me. Yeah, a, but like number a, number two surprises me. Who do you think number two is? Eastern or Western? Eastern Conference Atlantic Division. Boston. Just think of last year. The third. Think of last year. Historic season. Florida. 
Tampa. Okay. Tampa's playing like like they're not winning any games at all, but their power play is buzzing. I mean, they also they also played five less games than anybody else. So fair enough. I mean, they're also they, they, they may look bad on the standings, but that's because they haven't played as many games. Fair enough. Well, yeah. they're just not when they when they are playing, they're not winning. I think that like I think John Cooper should be on the hot seat, but he's not going to be just because he Why? just had a contract. How many games they won? Not many. They definitely won more than half. They're uh, 13, 10, and 3. So they're basically at 500. Yeah, I guess. But they've also played four less games. Yeah. And they're, one, they're, they're, they're three points out of a playoff spot. <laughs> Fair enough. I, just, I, I think it's just – it's upsetting how, like, compared to last year, how different their year is. This year it's, it's a little upset. It's, it's upsetting. That's not be good for them, though, because then they'll, they'll – like, they're, when it comes to playoffs, they'll actually be able to face some adversity. Good point. So – well, no. But once comes to face, when it comes to playoffs, people are gonna know Tampa's really in it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, penalty kill wise, San Jose is first, Edmonton yeah. is second, and Calgary Flames is third. So <laughs> Dave Tippett has done wonders when it comes to when it comes to his team. Because first of all, they're first in the friggin' conference, and secondly, their um, their um, special teams are buzzing. So really, I don't think it was the players that were bad on Edmonton in the last couple of years. I just think it was the coach and general manager. Because you change your coach, change your general manager, you even change your goalie situation. They're buzzing. They're a good team. They just face a lot of adversity. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, good. Speaking of uh, speaking of the Lightning, they just beat the Sharks seven to one. Oh Jesus! So Jesus. <laughs> Guess it's, yeah, they uh, they played well. They're listening to my podcast and they're buzzing and they're and they're telling me to shut up. Yeah, but anyway, on your Edmonton thing, that's what I'm saying. They got a new coach and a new GM, and Paul Yarvey's not giving them a chance. That got to, uh, it's stupid. But at this point, they don't even need Paul Yarvey. No, they don't. But it'd be it'd Paul Yarvey's best interest to play for them. So, yeah, anyway. that's fair. Yeah, realistically, that's it for that. And that's really it for that podcast, unless you want to show some fun facts too while you're at it. No, I'm good. All right. In the next segment, you will see Josh again. All right. See you there. Cut. Hey, guys. After a lot of technical difficulties, we are finally back. All right. It took yeah. us maybe about half an hour to get the technical problems sorted out. So um, it's going to jumble our um, – for us recording, it's going to mix up our um, – how we record this podcast. But for you guys, it's not going to change anything because we're just going to – I'm going to edit this all later. So anyways, That is we're a going... job I do not envy. Oh, it's – No, I agree. That's why, that's why I let you do all the editing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's going to take a little – it's going to take me tonight probably. Oh, boy. Yeah, brutal. But, Anyways, so this part, this segment is all about Josh or anything he wants to tell us. So I'm gonna ask you a couple quick questions. So earlier you mentioned you were um, you were you work with uh, Sunshot. Do you want to go a little bit more in detail on that? Sure. Um, I uh, long story short, I I uh, started working with uh, the kind of sister site to Sunshot, the uh, site here in Montreal for for the Canadians. I started with them a couple of years ago. 
uh, and then um, the kind of parent company just kind of decided to shift me over to the Senators, mainly because I'm a huge Senators fan, and they were looking for, for some help over on that site. And so uh, I've been over at Senshot for just about a year now, um, and it's going well. Uh, as, uh, there's a lot of negativity in Sen's world. Oh yeah, which is uh, which is which is fine with me because I'm as negative as they come sometimes. Um, <laughs> oh boy, we, we, might be, we might be might be button heads, Zang. I'm pretty positive. Anytime you want to go, bud, that's fine. Just look at the team's record. I don't know how you can be positive. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get into that later in the podcast. Yeah, anytime, anytime you want to go at it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So uh, with Sunshot, it's just basically a lot of, uh, I would think it's probably a lot of what you guys do here on the podcast, but where the advantage is for you guys, where it's just verbal and then it's just kind of talking back and forth. I actually have to sit down and write, Oh yeah. Um, which, which can sometimes be really bad because sometimes you just sit there to think to yourself, I don't know if there's anything positive to write about the Senate. Yeah, I get that. It's, it's just too depressing sometimes to write negative pieces every day. Um, but I, had, I try to have fun with it. Um, I'm, a, I'm probably the biggest Bobby Ryan fan you'll ever find. Oh, my God. Don't ask me, I don't ask me why. I should have had you on uh, the last segment where we were talking about him for a good 15, 20 minutes. Uh, I, I have loved Bobby Ryan since he's come into the league. I love him. Uh, I, I just feel so bad for the guy. And so I, I am the biggest Bobby Ryan apologist there is in the world. Yeah. Uh, so whenever I'm writing about, you know, the team and Bobby Ryan, I'm always just putting it out there that, yep, okay, there was not going to be any negative negativity about Bobby Ryan yeah. because to me he's the greatest hockey player this team's ever seen, not named Eric Carlson or Daniel Alfredson or Jason Spezza. See, his stats um, show otherwise, but, like, I agree. He's I a hardworking guy, and I love him for that reason. I, I just feel so bad for him. I mean, if the guy had two decent pairs of – like, if he could get freaking uh, hands that could last him longer than 30 games, I think we'd have a shot at something. We had a shot at something there. But yeah. Uh, anyway, that just wasn't meant to be. So all that to say is, uh, I, is I do a lot of what you guys probably do. I just have to write it down, which oh, is yeah. fine. Yeah. I mean, I write a lot, too. Like, lately I haven't written it right written as much as I used to because I, I write for Overtime Rokes right now. And, like, um, I haven't been as active writing as I used to, but, like, I'm getting back into it. So I know I know what you mean yeah. in that sense. Yeah, writing, is, uh, writing is not is my over, thing. How... Pardon me? <laughs> writing is not my over, thing. That's why I do a podcast. I talk. Yeah. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah. Yeah, how is uh, how is overtime heroics? Oh, it's great. I love it. Like, yeah. my my yeah. story is I've just I just started off. With, I first started off with writing for Puck seventy seven, and then um, Josh Tesler is still like st- hands down like a great guy. Just he decided to shut down the site for his own reasons. It's not the end of the world. But I migrated. I migrated over to overtime heroics, and it's been nothing but positivity. And I just I love it. It's amazing. Cool. That's, that's good to know. I might keep an eye out open. Oh there. yeah. Well, we're always looking for more writers. So. Come on, come on over. <laughs> All right, I'll have to think about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, I know that, um, yeah, we're always looking for writers for sure. And, like, I, I think if, off the top of my head, I'm the only auto senators writers. So, no, there's probably one or two more other auto senators writers on that site. I was going to say, if, if you're by yourself over there, I feel bad for you. Yeah, yeah good luck with that. A lot of, I know there's yeah, a Yeah, good luck with that. I have a feeling there's, like, there's one or two more. But, yeah. We're both pretty, pretty, pretty busy guys. Both of us who do write for the senators, so we don't write as much as we'd like to. So we're, but we're always overtime. Rokes is always looking for writers, and uh, that goes out to anybody who uh, does listen to this podcast and is interested in writing. 
check out Overtime Heroics. But enough Where about that. shameless plug. <laughs> but yeah, uh, enough about that. What got you involved in hockey? Like, what's your story, hockey-wise? Oh, man. Um, well, I am long, kind of different than a lot of people. I've actually never played hockey on a team. That's this is my first year playing hockey, so I can relate to that. Yeah, yeah, it's I've never, I don't know, opportunity like it's just life just kind of never brought me that way. I've loved <laughs> the game ever since ever since I started watching it, but I've never been able. I've just never had the opportunity. Um, and uh, and then I just kind of decided that well, I I love talking about hockey. I love doing stuff with hockey, so I might as well try to get something out of it. That's um. Get, that gets me off my butt and off my couch. Um, so that's when I started writing about hockey, and that's when I started working with, uh, you know, hockey and junior clubs and stuff like that. But I've only been really as involved with hockey as I am now for, I'd say, about a year and a half. Or oh, so. yeah. Um, and, even, and even then, with uh, it's probably in the last six months that really everything's taken off like a rocket ship. Um, it's, it's a lot of scouting. Oh, my God, do they ever... <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of scouting. It's a lot of miles on the car. And, uh, my, uh, my new best friend is my oil mechanic. Cause I need an oil change almost every month. So, uh, <laughs> shout out to, that, shout out to John, his oil mechanic. Yeah, man, he's a great guy. I, I wish he could charge me a little less, but that's the same thing. <laughs> um, he, uh, so yeah, it's just hockey brought me, uh, hockey, hockey brought me to where I am in the sense that I just kind of got lucky really uh, with openings at, uh, at Sense Shot and stuff like that. And then I got really lucky with uh, a few connections that I've had uh, to bring that brought me into working with junior clubs and stuff like that. So luck, which is what they say a lot of times, it's not what you know, it's who you know, and then uh, luck brings you the rest of the way. So just very fortunate to be where I am. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, the hockey community is great. Like it's all one spot. Like you're you're Montreal and I'm in Kingston, but it's still all like one yeah. big family, right? Like oh, for sure. So it's and like you said, it's all it takes is one shot, and then you can just things just start flying after that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just out of curiosity, like we know, like now I know how you started writing, but like, what attracted you to the game of hockey? Do you have like a hockey oriented family, or what's your story for that? No, no. Uh, I'm just a uh, purebred uh, Montreal Quebecer that just loves yelling at the TV screen when the when uh, when the, when the puck bounces the wrong way and when the coach puts the wrong players on the ice. Um, and and yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it's just such a beautiful sport, such a beautiful game that you just can't help yourself to fall in love with it every time you watch it. And and, uh, and that's that's uh, it's probably been my go-to thing to do on a Saturday night is watch hockey ever since I was probably five years old. I get old. that, yeah. Like, did you, did you watch hockey with your family or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I grew up with, uh, you know, I have, a, I have a younger brother that loves hockey just as much as I do. And we have a pretty athletic family in the sense that we've always been involved in sports and always doing stuff with sports, but it was never really, hockey was never the thing. Uh, so, like, that's why I said earlier, I never actually yeah. played the game of hockey and, on a team. But it was always, uh, let's just do stuff when it comes to sports and let's just watch sports, too, on TV. You can't. So it's just always very sports oriented. Oh, yeah. Have you ever played hockey in ODR though, like or even road hockey? Oh yeah, I play. Uh, I play. I play a lot of pickup games oh, on yeah. the weekend. That's you know the neighborhood rink and stuff. Honestly, like that. Honestly, sometimes I like going out there. Honestly, and, sometimes that's even that's that can be even funner than competitive hockey. Just pick up hockey for the fun of oh, it. Oh, do you have any idea how fun it is to knock over a bunch of ten year olds and just kind of look at them <laughs> funny? Uh, that's my favorite. They're like little, uh, like little pinatas. You just push them down and they're fine. 
but and then you you just kind of dangled around once or twice, and they think you're you're oh, waiting yeah, for something. That. So it's I awesome. That. It's the be- it's the it's the biggest um um. Ego booster, uh, ego exactly. Ego booster is exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you play against 25 year olds, 30 year olds, and then you you look like they're they look like they're Wayne Gretzky, and you're the 10 year old. I get that. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah. Like on whenever I play road hockey, I have like I have good hands, and I I can dominate road hockey. But on the ice, not so much. What is it Brian Burke ever once said? He says, this hockey is the hardest sport in the world. You have to do everything else that sports, every other sport has to do, except you're doing it on skates at 100 miles Oh, yeah, hour. for sure. You have to hold it in game on skates, that's for sure. Oh, shit, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Just out of curiosity, um, why did you start cheering for the Sens? Like, what brought you to the other Senators? Oh, funny story, funny story. So uh, I grew up a Montreal Canadiens fan, as it would uh, as would be the case growing up here in Montreal. I think I just threw up a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> and, oh, dude, me too. I can't believe I cheered for that. <laughs> um, and uh, my, one of my really good friends when I was in elementary school was a Senators fan from Ottawa that had moved here and, and stuff. And so it was actually in the 2007 season when Ottawa went to the finals. Um, one again, once again, Montreal was not uh, a playoff team and, and was not going to be anywhere near my TV screen in the, in the spring. And so I just kind of started watching Sens games and uh, because of my friend and stuff like that and watched them go all the way to the, and, and, and lose and to, the, ducks. to the nasty ducks. Um, and, uh, and so I was, my, I was sitting there to myself, sitting over the summer, and I was like, man, that Senators team is pretty fucking good. Um, to, hell with, uh, to hell with Montreal. I'm sick and tired of watching them lose. So that's how I kind of became a Sense fan. Um, the only unfortunate thing is, ever since I've been a Sense fan, it's been a lot of. Oh losing. yeah. Uh, so, hey, so I'm thinking. I, I, I'm, I'm, I was. I'm. I'm thinking it might have been my fault all this all this time. So I'm sorry. I have you to blame um, now. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. So if, any, if whenever we have losing seasons, you can just shout me out on Twitter and be like, "This is Josh." Everybody heard it here first. Josh's um, fault. <laughs> Some point, Eugene Malnick and Pierre Dorian is Josh's fault. Yeah, yeah, it's not Eugene Malnick's fault or anything like that. I should have never cheered. I should never have started. Cheering All right, boys, team. give me a couple minutes. You guys can keep talking about um, how you both like start cheering for the Sens. Well, I'll, I'll just be right back. Okay. All right, sure. I mean, the Sens are the Sens are my hometown team. I was born in Pembroke. Um, it was about an hour and a half from Ottawa, so it was just natural to kind of cheer for them and. Um, yeah, that's pretty much how I became a sense fan. Love the team, even even though they yeah. they do lose a lot lately. I I'm, I'm loyal, so. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're one of the. Yeah, leaders. I mean, it's. Uh... I mean, honestly, I there, there's a lot to be negative about, and I completely agree. But I try and be one of those fans that try and overlook the negativity just to be positive because I don't like negativity. Not not saying there should there's no right for negativity, but I just don't choose to do it. Um. Just a random question: Like, how tall are you? Uh, like five eleven six. So then, how the hell can you see over all the negativity? I try. Good question, man. Good question. It's hard. Yeah, are you like one of those? Uh, are you one of those circus people that just walks around on stilts or something? I have to uh, be. I have to be when you, negativity. You gotta be when you're a sense fan. It's the only way. It's the only way to keep your head above water. Oh my god. It's it's too like, depressing sometimes. It, you know. It's I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I've been guilty of blocking a couple of people just because they're negative about the team. Um, again, 
Okay, Nuggets people don't have, don't have a right to be negative, and the team shit. So I mean, it's pretty pretty easy to be negative, and rightfully so. It's just I don't want to see it. <laughs> so well, stay off Twitter. Yeah, easier said than done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay off Twitter. I've noticed there's one thing though: the fan base on, on social media is so divided between Facebook and Twitter. It's so much more positive on Facebook groups. Uh, it's 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 quite interesting to see that I, yeah. how every's like center a, a lot of fan groups of the senators on Facebook are very, very popular, very, very positive. And then you get to sense Twitter and it's a cesspool. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, I do agree with that. I do. I do wonder if that has to do with a lot of what happened the last couple of years, like all the rumors and stuff that came out. No one on Facebook seen that. It was more just all of well, stuff, right? Like, I, I don't know, but. I, uh, I have a, I have a theory to that and, and it might be a, um, an ageist one in that, but I, I think there's a lot of older people on Facebook. So mature, more mature. And and not even mature, I'm talking actually oh, old yeah. people. Um, and and those are people that were around when the senators weren't in Ottawa. So I think these guys are just I mean, happy team. so thankful. I Yeah, and then you have the younger generation who's always on Twitter who's like, they've only ever known Ottawa with the team. And so for them, it's just... They grew up in a in a in a decade where the Senators were like unparalleled success without winning yeah. the cup. Uh, I mean, they were winning season after season, and so it's like these guys just want to go back to that. Whereas on Facebook, I think you have older people, an older generation that's just used to that remembers what it was like without a team, and they just don't want to live. Yeah, that's, that. that's right. I, I have a couple of friends that are like that. They're like like when they don't like Eugene Mallon, like but they're worried that if he sells the team, they'll move, and they're like, we don't want that to happen. The league, the, the league is not going to move the Ottawa Senators. If the Phoenix Coyotes can survive in Phoenix for 20 years and have three people in the stands every game, I think the Senators <laughs> Yeah, you're not, gonna, you're not going to remove a National Hockey League team from the capital of Canada. <laughs> no. Like, no, that's not that's, – this team's not Yeah, so, yeah that, that is good news for sure. Yeah. All right, well, I'm back, and I missed a good amount of what you guys talked about, so I'm hoping it's uh, PG – so I could put it in the podcast. Yeah, I mean, sure. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Regardless, I'm probably going to put it in anyways. As you oh, think. yeah. Pretty good content. Oh, yeah. Always. <laughs> I mean, it's your show. I don't want to no, tell you no. what to do or anything. But it's your segment. It's not every day you have guests. It's your up. segment. Yeah, well, exactly. I was going to say. It's your segment. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, did you have any questions for me at all or? Uh, no, I'm kind of, well, I guess I don't know, like, um, it's, I, I'll be honest with you, I get, to, I don't get to listen to you guys no, very often, right. uh, it's just, I have such a, I have such a long list of, uh, of, uh, podcasts so, that I listen to on my phone every time, and I just kind of oh, run out of time, but, um, so I just kind of, I don't know what, uh, what, uh, I guess I got an idea as to what the layout of the show is, but, uh, so I've got one that's overly positive for, so, for no reason. Uh, and then, and then I guess I have, so on the other side, what, do you guys balance each other out or is this just, uh, everything's, uh, everything's hunky dory and well, no, I think no, we balance we... each other out pretty good. I mean, I mean, I, Jacob's kind of, he's kind of a both, right? Positive and all for the negativity. Yeah. I mean, like not bad way, but yeah, we balance each other out pretty good. Yeah. The best, the best way to describe it basically is I like to think that I'm like Don Sherry and he's the Ron McLean. Or I'm more like I'll be more blunt and like I'll like say it how I think it is, and he'll kind of correct me and like steer me into being somewhat more politically okay, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> or like I'm not as I'm not as like 
severe as Don Cherry is. No knock on the guy. I just I'm not that right. severe. You know what I mean? No, I got but you. I in my opinion, that's the best way to uh, to uh, describe me and Alex's relationship on this podcast. Is that accurate? Well, that's cool. Just yeah, that, that that's pretty cool. I mean, uh, I hear they're looking for someone to replace Donald <laughs> at, uh, at Hoffman. So I have uh, a 17 year old. You might want to throw your hat. Have his. Yeah, you might want to throw your name in the ring. Have a seventeen-year-old who's never played a game in the NHL, never coached a game, to to replace an eighty-five-year-old. Hey, Don, Don Cherry's never played a game in the NHL either. You're on good, you're on good track. Well, but he, he coached. He, he coached. He played. He did. Yeah, he played one game. He played one game in yep. the league, and he coached a couple. He coached a couple of good teams in Boston, and that was it. But yeah, sure. Let's listen to Don Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I say that kidding. I know Don Cherry's a Canadian icon. I know. I know. But, I, know uh, I know. You're joking. It's just. It's just it's just so funny to me that everybody, okay, what's going on on Saturday nights? We got to listen to Don Cherry, and everybody just thinks of him like, oh my God, everything he says is right. But then I'm like, the guy played one game in the league, and he coached like four years in Boston, and yeah, he was a good coach. But it's just funny how, uh, how I think the best TV commentators for hockey tend to be not the super. Yeah, it's players. interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I only tune in to Hockey in Canada to see what suit Don wears. <laughs> I love that. That's the uh, that's the that's the one thing that I don't like about his new. He runs a podcast now. He needs to have it as a video podcast so we can. Yeah, see like, I agree. Post, I agree. Post, post podcast where there's a video on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Shameless plug to to post a post there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that's it for this segment. So we can stop this one and move on to others. Is that okay? Absolutely. All right. Welcome back to Talking Some Sense. You had just heard um, me, Alex, and um, and uh, Josh discuss for a little bit. And um, I'm, if I remember correctly, Alex didn't join in right away, but he joined in at one point. I don't know how wrong. I we recorded that segment three hours ago, so I don't know how how right or wrong I am about that. But yeah, so. Um, and off this podcast, I will just mention that uh, today, uh, as we are recording, t- uh, Tyler Myers just scored his first of the season in his first of the Canuck while on the penalty kill. And the, the fact that he took so long to score his first goal is disappointing because I think he's a ridiculously good defenseman. It's just he's had rotten luck. He's a little overrated, too, and overpaid. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I mean, he's not, he's not really paid to score goals, so I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but... Uh, you should, in my opinion, you, you don't pay a dude who's going to give you about three goals a year, $6 million. You yeah, don't... You don't I, mean, I would. Like, he, he's really good defensively, I would. But he hasn't even been that this year for Vancouver. He hasn't no, even been that this year. I agree, but at the same time, they're... Yeah, I mean, he's overpaid for sure. There's no question about that. But. Yeah. It's literally another... Louis Erickson, but this time it's on defense. Like I love Tyler Myers. Don't get me wrong; he's one of my I think Tyler Myers is a bit better than Louis Erickson at this point. Oh, easily, but he's like in a couple of years, it's going to be regarded as similar rise. Like I love Probably. Tyler Myers; he's one of my favorite defensemen. Just I hate that he got signed to such an un- unrealistic contract. Yeah, I mean, good for him though. I'd be all over that contract. Oh yeah, for him it's good for him because he's going to make money. Yeah, but just in a couple of years, Vancouver Canucks fans are going to start calling for his head. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. And you're going to call for Jim Penning's head, too. Yeah, he's probably... Yeah, I mean, he, they're on a playoff spot, so he can't... He's obviously done well, but... Yeah. It's honestly... It's... it's Rebuilds take long sometimes. 
some 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 longer than others. The New York Rangers will be able to turn around or able to turn around in two years. I don't think they're gonna be, well, give them three years early. That but uh, like from from the New York Rangers take two three years even four maybe rebuild. They're good. The uh, it seems as if the um, Vancouver Canucks have been rebuilding for a while now. Yeah, since they made their cup run. Yep. Just like the Ottawa Senators, people are mad at the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> but, I mean, Vancouver Canucks are like the Ottawa Senators. Of, it's like the Ottawa Senators are the Vancouver Canucks of the of the East. Just a long time after. <laughs> Pretty much. The you know, <laughs> ownership didn't want to pay for <laughs> in the exact same situation. So <laughs> happened. Maybe. I'm not even try to edit that out because that's gonna be a pain in the ears. But yeah, enough about that. Um, another thing I mentioned: the Detroit Rangers are doing so bad right now. Yes. Detroit Rangers. Did I just say the Detroit Rangers? Yes. I think I need to. Yeah. The Detroit Red Wings are doing so bad. Um, Adam Ernie's on the second line right now. Yeah, they're brutal. They're not very good hockey team. It's- and which is annoying it's because terrible. the Sens fans are running their chance again left for year because they're so bad. They're gonna finish dead last. Yeah. So it is embarrassing. But they are a very bad, a very very bad hockey team. It's like they're not even trying to be bad. They're just a bad team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're just brutal. Sadina's not even in the lineup. Nope. Let me check their stats really quick. Yeah. Good luck. They're all negative. They're like minus thirty-one. Uh, Anthony Mathis, 12 goals, 11 assists, and uh, oh, actually, let, let me read this score. score scoring wise, Mantha, Tyler Bertuzzi, and Dar- Dylan Larkin. So, their first line's good, but otherwise, they're trash. Yep, pretty much. They're, they're, their first line is literally leading him in every offensive stat. Yeah, they have nobody else besides that, besides that, those, those three. Dylan Larkin's a good hockey player, so yeah, Dylan Larkin, Anthony Mantha. Tyler Bertuzzi. Yep. That's uh, the first line. That's the only guy showing up on her on yeah. their stats. Yeah, they're bad. Tyler Bertuzzi is actually leading the team in points. Yeah, they're not a very good hockey team. Is what I, I mean. Andreas Anthony C is playing okay too, but like he's a minus thirty-one. Yeah, but like yeah, true, but like <laughs> his, his offensive stat-wise, he's not playing too bad. He's yeah. averaging a point per easy point every two games. It's okay. Yeah, it's not terrible. It's, yeah. And uh, Dylan Larkin's base uh, is, uh, is, uh, is on pace for like uh, 60 points this year, which is on par for what his normal point production is. Yep. So, I, will say, I, do, I do miss the Detroit miss making the playoffs. I always enjoy that. I do miss that. I, I do, do miss that, but like it's it ha- it's going to happen. It, it, it had to happen. Robbie Fabry is, is, is a surprise. How many points does he have with Detroit? 11, 11 points. With, with I Detroit? Was, I think so. Um, uh, no, sorry, no. In, uh, in 13 games of Detroit Red Wings, he has 10 points. Yeah. That's five good. goals, five assists. That's pretty solid. That's really good. Yeah, I think he's, he's, uh, that's That was a good move for for, for Robbie Fabry. Yeah. There's, there's a couple players who are doing okay, but like there's – Phillips, their, defense, their defense and their defense and goal handling are yeah. really bad. And and like in five goals, uh, Zadina has two assists, so he's not doing bad either. 
But, like, honestly, at this point, just drop Zadina down in the AHL. Don't let him suffer. He's already down there. Circle. No, he's still on the roster, I think. Maybe. He's but... just benched. He's just benched right now. Uh, I'd rather him play in the AHL so he can actually play instead of just being on the bench. Yeah, but Detroit, Detroit can do Detroit. This is a, this isn't a Red Wings podcast, though. I don't care what they do. Yeah, I fair enough. But just I I I feel so bad for because I when in that in that 2018 draft I wanted Ottawa to draft Zadina. I'm glad he didn't now because like I, I I like now I'd rather have Kachuk. But like at the time it looked like Zadina was a good pick. I agree. I was all over the I, think, I was all over the Zadina train. Yeah, and like I still think that Zadina will will be an elite goal scorer in the NHL. Just it all depends how the, how Detroit. Um, grooms him. Yep, I agree. I mean, if, if him playing with Dylan Larkin would be really, really fun to watch. Oh yeah, but like, I don't think he will for the next at least couple of years. I think the first line so a solid fight for a bit. Ideally, I love Anthony Mantha, but ideally, 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 Mantha is a second line player. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the only first line player on that team, I think, is Dylan Larkin. This year, not even. This year, from the stats, the only players capable of playing on the first line is actually Anthony Mantha and um, Tyler Bertuzzi. But realistically, the only first-line talent on that team is honestly Anthony Mantha. Uh, no, I think... Uh, no, 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 not Anthony Mantha, Tyler Bertuzzi. Not even um, T- Larkin. Jeez, yeah. I'm screwing up. I'm screwing up so bad. But realistically, the only first-line talent is yeah. still in Larkin. Thank yeah. you for catching me on that. So yeah, so far. Yeah, but yeah. anyways, why are we talking about the Red Wings? I don't know. You brought it up. I mean, they they are they do affect the Sanders in a way because they're finishing dead lives. That good enough. Good fair yeah. point. But anyways, let's end off this podcast. Do you want to show stuff out really quick? No, I'm good. I'll do it for you. I'm good. I'll do it for you. So Alex Longlaw is uh he's become a really good friend of mine in the last year. Or so fair funny enough, we're from the same hometown. You guys know all the story. Follow him on Twitter at Alex Longula fifteen. You guys can follow Joshua Delorme at at Joshua Delorme ninety five. I will, if I remember, I will include both of you guys's Twitters in the description of the podcast. Hopefully, uh, this uh, this uh, episode gets good. Episode gets good traction because we're working really hard on it. Sounds good. Yeah, you guys can follow me at. Grand Lake Yogs or at Talking Some Sends. And that is it. And on an end note, I will say that I finally got the jersey of my dreams today. Uh, yeah, that, that is a nice jersey you got for sure. Yeah. Roba Penguin Yermir Yager. That is all for this week's episode. Now off to a couple hours worth of editing. Peace. See you guys.